and welcome to the Captain Crew Cast of Pods, episode number 46, the board game episode. Uh, I am your host, Rob. Joining me tonight is Jada. Hello. TJ. You. Aaron. Hello. Kat. Hi. And Bill. Hello. So, uh, let's just not waste any time. We're going to dive right into this. Uh, and I do apologize. I know we're like three weeks late on this, essentially. Um, <laughs> we so, suck. Yeah. Bill <laughs> had to go lies. away. I you, went. You guys we had, had to go, go away. away. Hey, I went <laughs> to the land. I went to the land of Fifty Shades of Green. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's very true. When you're outside and you're looking over a hill in Ireland, you're oh like, my God. it's just green everywhere. Yeah. And it's like bright, bright, bright green. Yeah. And you guys went to what? The What is it? The City of Lights? The city, the, the, the city of cheese and lingeries is where we went to. Yeah. Uh, cheese and carbs. Cheese and carbs. None yeah. of this sounds terrible. <laughs> I went to my house and to work a lot. So. All right. New apartment. <laughs> so uh, let's start off the way that we start off every episode. And because this is the board game one, I figured we'll start in the only way I could. Would you rather be stuck in an eternal game of Monopoly for the rest of your life? Or forever build a board of mousetrap that will never, ever work. I'm going to start with Jada. I'm going to go with mousetrap. Because building Rube Goldberg machines is super fun. Even if they don't pan out all the time. Um, and Monopoly is probably the most dreaded board game ever. It, it, you say never-ending board game of Monopoly, but that's pretty much it anyway. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go with mousetrap. Fair. Um, let's jump to Bill. I love Monopoly. <laughs> so it's Monopoly hands down for me. Like and here's the thing about Mousetrap, like is you say that it's it's never gonna work. Does anything <laughs> it, that you actually build in the mousetrap game ever work? <laughs> so But that's not the point. <laughs> well I'm saying is even if you have a lifetime and you're forced to do it forever, it will never go off. All the way through. It yeah. will always get stuck yeah. on like part two or part three of that chain. And, and, and honestly, with, with Rube Goldberg machines, that's the way they, they normally <laughs> bet out. Take, take 57. Oh, shit. The turkey didn't come out of the oven. And roll it the way we to. No, I'll, I'll take Monopoly. Thank you very much. Aaron. I would definitely go with, um, with Mousetrap. I mean, Monopoly is such a bad family game <laughs> that the royal family does not allow it at their game nights anymore. They actually have game nights where they all get together and the queen Aww. has decreed no monopoly because they get so evil to we one another. We are not amused. Exactly. The queen. She and I are in agreement on this. Grand matriarchs agree monopoly is terrible. I would love to see the queen at a board game. Like the queen. No, fuck plays. you suck my battleship. <laughs> I'm thinking even bigger, like the queen playing Settlers of Catan. Oh like. Actually, just... Anyone have any wood for sheep? <laughs> I decree you give me your wood for my sheep. Actually, the we best... commanded so. The best part of this is just the queen getting angry over a game of Monopoly and flipping the table. Yes! Uh, and, and we're talking... Straightening her tiara and then leaving the room. Nine, at the age of 92, doing this makes that even better. Oh, so. I'm sorry. I can't see it because the only people I can assume that actively try to beat the queen or is anybody under the age of 10 after that you're kind of looking at them going oh no it's the queen no 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 i guarantee you every game night charles does his darndest to beat the queen and never succeeds (laughs) she also probably has little flags for the center of the i claim this land for england (laughs) Yes, yes, loyal subjects. More colonies, more 
crown. More quality is there. You're I'm right. sorry, but do you have a flag? <laughs> <laughs> DJ. Um, yeah, I wouldn't wish Monopoly on my worst enemy, so mousetrap. Cat. Uh, mine is mousetrap too, because Monopoly was, we played it a lot. Most of the time we never finished the game, because it would be huge drag out fights with screaming matches afterwards. So now. Oh, and somebody was pocketing those pink 50s, like yeah, under the always. table. Oh, yeah. That's the only fucking way to play it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think that's the thing, is if I'm, I'd rather, I think, get stuck, and I'm gonna actually go with Bill in this, because there's good, two good reasons for this. One, Monopoly is a boring game, and I think I just come up with my own ways to play Monopoly if I'm forced to play it for well, forever. We didn't say that was an option. Oh, hold, hold, hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. I'm going to overrule okay, you here. Okay, you have to fair. play Monopoly right, by I'll play, <laughs> rules. Right, I'll play it the standard way, and I'd rather play it because then, hey, it's still I'm still playing a game, and just I can still interact with people. Mousetrap, I would break my brain so hard because the fact that I'm so meticulous about things and when puzzles. things don't work, oh, yeah. I would puzzles. probably, my, my yeah. rest of my life would consist of about a week and then I'd be like, I can't take this anymore. And probably would just be game. rocking in the corner. Yeah. Yeah. I never the boot, the anyway. boot won't kick the ball down the stairs. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the little man keeps going off the seesaw and never has hit the cup once. And I'm like, and I'm not okay with this. I was like, I put a leveler on the floor. The ground is perfect in the way it's supposed to be, and it's just not going Why that way. Yeah. Oh I, I can't do that. It would drive me insane. I wouldn't care enough to, so I'd be that. like, I sloppily put it up. It didn't work. I'm not surprised. And I'm like, I'm going to just do it again. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. So because this is a board game episode, uh, I figured the best place for us to start was kind of the first board game we actually remember. And not talking about, like, modern stuff, but going back to, like, when we were kids. Uh, and then kind of working our way towards the modern era. So my first game I ever played was Trivia Pursuit. So my parents had always had like a Trivia Pursuit night. Um, if the, if the, I'm shocked that the family still talk to one another after this because <laughs> my great aunt Marsha was just relentless. It had to be word perfect. If you were even close, it wasn't right. You had to have like every single letter in order. <laughs> So because I was maybe four or three or four, I couldn't answer the questions. My mother actually made a set of kid-friendly questions for me so Aww. I could then play Trivia Pursuit with That's everybody. Really this is this is before they actually had the kid Exactly. Versions. So like we had like that Aww. standard blue box yeah, that, that came out in blue. Yeah, that yeah. came out in the eighties. Yep. My parents still have it and I still have actually the set of questions. They were all like Star Wars questions, E. T. like anything I was interested interested in. It's before they actually had the Star Wars versions. Exactly. So that's what I would play. Nice. Uh, uh, the first one I remember playing was Scrabble. Although I do have fond, rem- I have oh. so many memories of Trivial Pursuit, and uh, we'll get to that for the. I think it's like a couple questions down. But Scrabble, I remember sitting like with my dad, looking at the little ramp. They called them ramparts. I don't know if that's actually the name for the little Scrabble yeah. <laughs> things, yeah. but mm-hmm. you know, looking at the little ramparts and trying to spell words. And then not understanding why he would be mad when I would be like, oh, daddy, you got the Z, you got the Q. Because they were like the really expensive letters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he would let me like put them on the, on the, uh, the, the, he would let me put the tiles down on the board. That's adorable. Uh, actually, mine, I remember, and it's going back, like, this is not even like a standard game that most like adult, like, no adult would play this, except with their very tiny child. Um... Cooties. Oh, oh I remember Cooties. Yeah. Yeah. Cooties was a game where it was basically like you had what looked kind of like a worm, and then you put little like eyes and nose and stuff like that on them, and you had to create these little characters by you spin a dial, get a piece, and you have to create yours before the other person can finish theirs first. 
Yeah. And there was that and Ants in Your Pants, I yep. think, was yeah. the other one. But I it was do like, remember Hungry yeah. Hungry Hippos. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. That was a huge one. We honestly did not have a whole lot of games that were meant for kids. Mm-hmm. Like, we spent yeah, our childhood that. playing games that were pretty much meant for adults. Yep. Yeah. And then we'd see other games on TV, like commercials for kids, like, you know, Candyland or Apple's, uh, the the Hi-Ho Cheerio and things mm-hmm. like that. And we'd be like, why would people want to play that? Like, yeah, I don't yeah, get yeah. It. Well, it's funny because you had, like, I think a lot of you had a totally different growing up than I did because I was an only child for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I was, yeah. I was like six when my brother was born. So right. a lot of my younger years, I was playing Hunger Your Hip by myself. Aww. And I learned that you could wrap your arms around <laughs> it and go, <laughs> and all for him. That game got taken away from me really quickly. <laughs> Hungry hippos lost a head, so it was like it was like three hungry hippos and then one that was just like this like random claw. Well, that sounds demonic. (laughs) I turned out out totally normal. (laughs) The look really sells it, (laughs) which translates very well for podcasts. Yeah. Uh, So my so the first game I actually like have most of my memories for is uh, Clue. Yes! Uh, and uh, that's what gave me a... That was sort of my first foray into deductive reasoning. The the game that, going a little bit further back, where I don't have as many memories of it, but I know it's really probably the first board game I played, is probably the first board game most of us played, Candyland. <gasps> yes! Mm-hmm. And I remember... Can you land and choose a yes. yes. right. Oh, yeah. And I remember years later finding out that my father would cheat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Shoots and ladders, my sister cheated. She went up the slides regardless. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> my family called her on it all the time. <laughs> I, I used to stack the deck in Candyland. I was three. <laughs> no, you don't understand. He didn't cheat so that I would win. He would cheat that so that whoever was ahead would win. He didn't care who won. He just wanted the game. He to just wanted the game to end. Bill, so so I, I like that you bring up like uh, Cootie and Ants in the Pants because I definitely have memories of those games. Like um, uh, another one, Don't Break the Ice. Oh, oh that's that. But Kerplunk. honestly, Kerplunk. Yep. Um, honestly, the first game I can remember playing because I was. I was an only child until I was three, and then, you know, up until probably about six or seven before my sister could honestly play games, I played a lot of games with my grandmother and grandfather, and I always wanted to play Monopoly. <laughs> uh, but I, I actually... You should so, have known he was wrong then. Right. <laughs> so, so they had Monopoly, which I remember always asking to play, and I don't think we ever really finished a game. Yeah. Um, but we had this other game that was kind of like Monopoly... Um, called Hotels. God. And it, like, you know, it was just a circle track and you move around the board and you have to buy your hotels and you buy the deed and then you can start building buildings. And they were actually like these cardboard three-dimensional buildings that you put on the oh board as you built the thing. That's it impressive. was so fucking cool. I just wanted to keep building like the building. I was like, I want this one, I want this one, and this one. There was like the Taj Mahal and the Waikiki and they all looked different and oh they were gosh, fantastic. Fantastic. Just speaking of building things, all I could think of is, and this was a little bit older, it was probably yeah. around your your age when you were a kid, I think it was called like 1313 something. 1313 Dead End Drive. Dead End Drive, mm-hmm. where you literally set up ways to kill characters. That's, yes. <laughs> That's so crazy. It was it was quite wonderful. I think I was maybe about 11 or yeah. 12 when that came out. Cat. 
So I play board games. I mean, I have a brother that's two years, like we're two years apart. So we would play Candyland. We would play, um, Clue was a big early one too, um, but we played Monopoly a lot. And there was, oh my God, it's pretty much every game we played just ended up in fighting. We would fight over (laughs) (laughs) It was like, if we played Candyland, it was like, I wanted to be the... Queen Frost, or like I wanted to get to the like the certain things, and my brother wanted the exact same ones because he copycatted everything. And so, and then like when we would play Monopoly, that was just screaming matches. And then when we we had some like Mickey Mouse collecting, like trading game, like it was one of those like kind of go fish type of things. But we I both can see loved it in my head, the actually. same card. Yeah. yeah, we both loved like the exact same card. So we would just like fight to get that card. Whoever got it, we're like. <laughs> we were terrible. That's something I remember too. Playing is like card games, so like old maid. Yeah, old maid was the go-to play with my grandpa. I played hearts. like I played. My family played hearts as far as card games go because right. my dad was a big card player. There's actually a very old home movie of him teaching my older sisters and their twins, and they're about two years old how to play poker. They were playing two-card stuff. He was, like, making up card games for them to play. And, yeah, he's, like, he's sitting there, and he's like, okay, now you have these two, and you have these two, and Daddy has these two. I don't remember everything that happened, but I remember my dad was not always the best at telling my sisters apart, so there's parts where he's trying to, like, my one sister has a scar on her forehead from a fall that she took when she was a baby, and, uh, like, my dad's, like, trying to lift up the kids' bangs to see which kid is which, <laughs> looking at their cards and stuff, so, but... Hearts. We would have marathon games oh of hearts gosh. in my family. Like that would just that was usually like after Christmas dinner or after Thanksgiving dinner. We would sit down, get out a deck of cards, get the poker chips. That's actually when I had my first two kids. My dad's baby gift to me was poker sets. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. When I was six, my father taught me poker. Not because he wanted me to learn how to play poker, but because he needed me to shut up <laughs> when he played poker with the guys that come out of the room. Daddy, you have all the aces. Good job. That's what I did. And one time, I, he's got three aces uh, and uh, like a three and a four. And I went, get rid of those three. He's like, but but these are good. No, no, get rid of those three. You want to keep the other two so he gets rid of the three aces. I one time looked at him and said, hey, Daddy, you have all the all the uh, numbers in a row. <laughs> <laughs> He started arranging it so poker nights weren't on weekends I'd be over. Uh, and at six, he taught me poker and said, this is why you don't say anything. Now, before we jump to the next part about, because we're already kind of Virginia diving Africa. in a little bit. Yeah. But beforehand, just because I know this is the only place that this is really going to filter in, were there other big notable board games for you growing up that may have not been like your very first, but like one of your favorites when you were a child? Monopoly. <laughs> Still Monopoly. Yep. Still Fireball Monopoly. Island. Fireball oh, Island yeah. was one of mine too. Boggle. We played Boggle. a lot of word games. The Game of Life. Oh, I really life. liked that yes, one. That was that always one. fun for me. Sorry. That and that got annoying because we were awful to one another. <laughs> uh, for me, it was the real Ghostbusters. Uh, it was oh, yeah. based off of an old board game from the seventies called Witch Witch, and they rebranded it. And it was <laughs> oh the, there was a little marble that you put down a chimney, mm-hmm. and based on which way it fell down, essentially it was a dice tower would set off a trap and kill people. But it was just a roll and move game. Like there would be an actual night. It was kind of similar to thirteen thirteen Dead yeah. End Drive, where when it hit it. It would cause it to tip down, or it would maybe fall down the steps and go into these things and knock over the little cardboard pieces. Oh but I never really played the game. I just wanted to set it up and make things. <laughs> uh, another one that we loved was Splat. 
where you got to make a little play. It was you know, just sort of like a Candyland style game, yeah. Yeah. but um, there were certain like your your game piece was actually made out of play doh, and the game came with its own little canisters of play doh. And so you made your little bugs, and everybody had a different color bug. And you would move your bug around, and then if you Aww. got to the spot, or you pulled the card, and you landed on the spot that said splat, there was a little plastic hand that squished your bug. <laughs> There's that, and yeah. then there was also the Great, great Escape. escape. Yeah. I was just thinking of that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you could get, like, cut in half and that stuff like that. Yep. By the way, I have the Ghostbusters game. <gasps> oh, uh, it sounds like that could be one of Restoration Games' next games is going to be a remake of Witch Witch. So oh, yeah. everybody's waiting and seeing what that's yeah. going to be. No, so. I mean, I, like, like, I, oh, still, I still have it. I still got the original Fireball Island. I still have Don't Break the Ice. Oh my mm. gosh, that's mm. impressive. They're all in my father's basement. Wow. I had I I don't know where it is. And I think it got they got rid of it. I had the original Thunder Road. Mm. Oh, oh, I still have. Do you guys remember? Uh, Crossfire. Yes. Uh, Crossfire. Yes. Crossfire. Crossfire. I have no marbles and nothing, none of the little spinny things. I just have the thing that shoots the marbles. Oh, <laughs> my God. So the Crossfire, the, me and my friends used to like do different things. We never played the actual game, but we'd yeah. set up little figures and we'd yeah. like, you know, yeah. like, knock them down. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know Crossfire? Was that the commercial that was like, Crossfire? Yeah. 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 And you like literally shoot these BBs. Yep. I remember yeah. it then, yes. Yeah, they went there yeah, a little, little metal. Did have like a little spinning yeah. top thing? Yep. Yeah, yeah. There, yeah. Was, there was... The, like these, per, like it was a, a marble uh, and that was silver, mm-hmm. but like basically a bearing, and then it had like mm-hmm. a triangle or a pinwheel that yep. were purple that you, you could use. And if you got them scored in, you got the most amount mm-hmm. of points. I think so. <laughs> it was a uh, wonderful time. So I'm surprised. Actually, one game nobody's mentioned is Operation. Oh my god, uh, I, I, that game. I love I that game. Yeah, I never played it much. It was well, like. I- when I was a kid, I took medication that made my hand do oh, this, yes, so I couldn't play Operation. You can't, be, you can't have the shakes and play Operation. Yeah, yeah. 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 We uh, we played a lot of Operation as we were and when we were kids. I don't know why, but we loved that one. <laughs> Rihanna's never been the same. <laughs> <laughs> we don't talk about the third. <laughs> I'm sorry, survive. <laughs> okay, now so we got some of our original favorites when we were growing up out of the way. Now, were games a large, you know, family activity or was it more of a friend activity growing up for you guys? I'm not quite sure for everybody here. Jada? Um, in my house growing up, games were a huge thing. My parents, while they weren't like gamers like, you know, many of us are these days, like RPGs and stuff, my parents were really big into strategy games, trivia games, card games, and dice games. Um, Risk would be marathon. Like, <laughs> My dad was so serious about Risk, he actually made an octagonal table for playing Risk that he jigsawed out all the countries and everything. There were, like, little cabinets that opened up for people to keep their pieces. Risk was a big deal. Risk, Axes and Allies was another one that was in my house. Oh, God, Axes and Allies. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we played that. I remember playing chess with my dad when I was probably six. Yeah. Uh, my older sisters would play. And he also made a chess table, too, which was really amazing. I don't know what would happen to that one, but... Um, Does your dad take orders? I know. Like, seriously? <laughs> it only take 37 years. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, one thing at a time. Um, no, but so I remember playing chess with him. I remember playing... We played card games. We played Scrabble. Uh, Trivial Pursuit was a big one. Um, and unfortunately, we didn't have the kids sections and our parents my mom wasn't creative enough to come up with questions for us we just usually ended up being on somebody's team um, until sense. we got a little bit older and then we could play on our own balderdash was another huge one. Oh yeah um, we kind of changed the rules with balderdash because in the end it was just more fun to vote for the the definition that you thought was the funniest one mm-hmm. instead of the one that you thought was the true one um but that was a really big one in my family games were huge that makes sense 
Yeah, for us, um, my parents didn't really do games as much unless it was like card games. Um, like they would usually just play war. It's pretty boring. <laughs> but me and my brother played games a lot, and half the time, I still, I he he, he still brings this up now because when he was a kid, he would be like, "Let's play a game," and like half the time, I was doing my own thing, and I was like, "Maybe," and then it would never happen, <laughs> and he'd be like. Do you no, want to play a board game? Yeah, pretty much. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> Doesn't but, um, have to be a board game. <laughs> we would play it with my cousins a lot because, I mean, we just hung out with our cousins all the time. And so we would do, like, board games with cousins and, like, friends and stuff like that. And, I mean, he always jumped in on those ones. But, again, usually it ended up being something like Monopoly. So we never really had, like, board games in... I mean, we did have board games in our house growing up, but my parents were both big, like, arcade gamers. So they got me an NES when I was, like, four or five. So I I entertained myself a lot. Not that they didn't want to play with me, but I was just so ingrained into video game culture from an early age. Um, But whenever I went over to my grandmother's house, you know, we'd always play, you know, the board games like Monopoly I've mentioned many a times. We played card games. We played a lot more board games over there. But my sister uh, wasn't really that much into board games. She still really isn't that much right now, so. Yeah, I, I for us, like, I played with my sister every once in a while. Like, we'd play random things. Like, my folks would always at Christmas time be like, we got your board games. They're like, that's great. I have an NES. That's wonderful. Have a nice day. <laughs> uh, so they just sat. But, like, and it's funny, too, because, like, you ever find those articles online, you're like, these toys that you used to have as a kid that are now worth thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah. And your, like, brain kind of hurts and I'm like, you know, run it thinking of it like we saw a copy at, like, a convention not that long ago with the game of the Omega Virus. Oh, yeah. Which is worth an obscene amount of money. I was like, I don't think I ever punched out a single piece. It sat there and just never was touched. Oh but, like, God. all those little things you just never think of. But, like, we played, like, Stuff in the car, like, we'd always have those little travel versions of, like, trouble oh, yeah. that has, like, I the pop that bubble those. is built into the board perfectly. Yep. And it was, like, the little Connect 4s that you could buy for, like, that folded mm-hmm. up, you know, on the road or the magnetic, you know, games of chess. And, like, my dad played, like, uh, chess with me a lot as a kid. And, like, we played, like, war and poker and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, never really heavily into board games. You know, Fireball Island became a set for my G.I. Joes and Star Wars figures. So. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be dual purpose. I'd be okay Absolutely. With that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, you know what? My, my family didn't play a lot of board games. My dad is, has never been a big fan of board games. I mean, still now, even when we, like, go home and stuff and uh, bring games with us. Uh, my mom loves them, but my dad's just not a fan. Um, so I played a lot of rummy with my grandmother. Aww. That was like 500 rummy was out, and she was ruthless. <laughs> Man, you know, because like if you accidentally put something down that you could have used, you could slap it and take it. For, oh no, she did not be like, oh honey, you could use this. No, no, she was ruthless on it. So. <laughs> I had no friends. No, <laughs> no, board games were pretty much a family thing, and um, on my parents were divorced, so. Uh, on my dad's side, um, we played more board games and, until I got an NES, and then we played uh, the NES together. But on the other side, um, until it, it sort of came as I got older, because my brother and I would fight a lot. <laughs> and when you're five, and when you're seven and five, you know. It, it devolves into a streaming match no matter what game yep. you're playing. It must be that age gap. Yeah. That's the same as and, me and my brother. Yeah, and then after <laughs> after we hit a certain age, we could play, like, when I hit was 10 and he was 8, we could play board games together without, you know, resorting to violence. 
Dr. Brother burning the house to the ground? Yeah. <laughs> Monopoly became a contact sport at seven. Mm-hmm. Boom. Yeah. Uh, um, I distinctly remember there was one Christmas, and my sisters still do not let me live it down. We got the game of Boggle. Was it Boggle or Yahtzee? I think it was Yahtzee. It must have been Yahtzee. And something involving Yahtzee, like, I was trying, like, I had one thing left to get on, like, the list of dice rolls that you're supposed to get for Yahtzee. And I should text my sister right now and tell her I'm telling her this story. But I missed it on my, like, last try on getting the thing. And I just, like, dissolved into tears. So it's been, like, the family joke of, like, you're not allowed to play Yahtzee with Jada. (laughs) (laughs) What's the age difference between you and your sister? Two years. Two years. Two and a half years. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm like, Lily and Jude, two and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually pretty good with games because we play so many games with them. But we try to do... Jude's kind of a sore loser still. He still cries. If he, he's seven. He still cries yeah. if he loses a game. Um, but we try to do, now that we know like different types of games and stuff, we try to do more like co-op games, yeah. um, like world, not world building games, but like Carcassonne where it's tile building. They love that game. See um, that? Like now there are all these options for kids to do like yeah. co-op games. Yeah. When we were kids, it was oh, like no. pit against each other. Yep. Yeah. Fight, children, fight. Survival of the fittest. If you can't prove us that you can own all the hotels, you don't get to eat dinner tonight. So. <laughs> <Yeah. Eddie. laughs> One of my uh, big childhood memories is ducking chess pieces after I played <laughs> at my brother. See, and I liked the chess pieces because I thought the pawns looked like little girls in dresses, so I would make them spin and dance with each other. And my dad's like, no, they're soldiers. And I'm like, they're pretty dresses, Dad. I think you're wrong. Uh, Now, because we're uh, at this point, now, we can kind of see, maybe for some of us, where games started to kind of go away as we were starting to get older. Does, Does anybody remember right around maybe one of the last four games they played growing up? Or when around the what time they stopped really playing board games in general before coming back to them? Bill? Oh, yeah, it was it was definitely during high school because during high school I had a whole bunch of friends that we all started to get into computer games and PlayStation, PlayStation Two, and we were all like, "No, let's just play video games." And yeah. board games weren't even a thing. It was just like, "Nope, forget board games." You know, we have this electronic piece of equipment in front of us. Let's do that. Um. Similar to Bill, except when I was in high school, the NES was coming out. <laughs> the so, NES was not... That was the Nintendo. That came out yeah. when we were kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That, you're thinking like... Super Nintendo. Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, or like maybe the um, first Xbox yeah. you're or not, something. You're not that much older than <laughs> TJ, how uh, old are you now? Yeah, 38. Yeah. 38. So, five years. Five years. That's... Um, as, as you were leaving high school, the N64 was coming. Yeah, I'm sorry. So. I thought... Um, but no, it was the, the original Nintendo, and then that was at my dad's, and then when I got a computer, you couldn't have told me a board game existed for years. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, we feel like my brain was like that, too, is they just, felt like, what are, board games are kid things. Well, you can play board games with Honestly, I, I don't really ever remember not playing some kind of games, um, because A... I'm not that big of a video game player even mm-hmm. now. Like, I played some video games as kids, as, as we were kids, but I was never the, like, I'm just going to do this now. Like, I, I guess I'm more of a social person. Like, I, I like that, like, group interaction kind of thing. Like, the the uh, the Yahtzee game, I think, was when I was in junior high, and I still cried over it. So, I mean, oh, like, so um, maybe the types of games <laughs> shifted, because I remember playing, like, Texas Hold'em and Hearts, and we still played Trivial Pursuit. My sister still, we still play Scrabble. 
uh, around holidays and things like that. We, we always played board games. They were a little bit more into like computer games. And then when they were in high school and I kind of, you know, I, they were, they allowed me to be like the cool younger sister and hang out with them and their friends, even though their friends were also gigantic nerds. <laughs> but, um, we played, we then started playing things like Magic the Gathering, which was sort of like, you know, the baby That's steps for point. me then to get more to into get like tabletop into gaming. It, yeah. And it was yeah. like, I did more stuff like that and then did more like RPGs and stuff. And board games sort of kind of went on the back end for me for a little bit as I got into like more RPGs and LARPing and things like that. But it wasn't, for me, it wasn't because You transitioned I lost from interest. board games to right. tabletop mm-hmm. and then to enjoying both together. Right, yeah. exactly. See, board games took a, I mean, a pretty hard back seat for me, although I did play Magic and I didn't think about that because I did play that all through high school. It's not um, technically a board game, but, but it is it's like, still along the it's, same idea. It's yeah. in the vein of that, though. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a It's game, in the you know? realm of modern day, modern day gaming. Like, yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, like, I was a hard board game sell person when we were kids anyway, because again, my brother would be like, board game, please. And I'm like, I have a book. Go away. <laughs> so like, <laughs> And it led to family strife. So, yeah. you know. So, I mean, like, half the time, I, I'd rather read a book anyway when I was a kid. I So, yeah. So, I remember when I was five years old, we got an Apple 2GS computer, and we got Wheel of Fortune, and uh, what else? Uh, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Where in the USA is Carmen yes. Sandiego? Yes, yes, yes. And Oregon Trail, and that was the end of board gaming for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, for me, it was... When and the NES was in full swing in our home, like with the exception of playing Crossfire occasionally just for fun with a friend or two, we were primarily like playing video games. So like nineteen, by the time I was like seven or eight, probably as board games really slipped out of like the norm. I, the last game I actually remember getting ever was Thirteen Thirteen Dead End Drive, and I don't think we ever played it once. Like I think it just it was one of those other games that just sat there. It was like that and the Omega Virus and all those just got tucked away and they ended up in a big closet and with the exception of I think there's like a game or two that most people here at this table might remember it's a VHS board game called Nightmare oh god oh, yeah. that was the best game ever <laughs> so where it was basically a roll and move game that yeah. was nothing special that was like you have to do this in this amount of time and a person would pop up on the VHS tape that was like decaying as time went mm-hmm. on to like start like a normal person to like a skeleton style group reaper mm-hmm. um, creepier and creepier yeah like, yeah. Well, there was yeah. that, and then there was a there was a VHS version of Clue. Ah, yes, that I remember really um, playing as well. And that was very bad. It was <laughs> awful. The, we used to watch it as a movie. Oh, yeah. Like, Why not? To, I'm wondering, TJ, if you're on the same path as I am, the best VHS game I've ever played, Doorways to Adventure. No. no oh. Doorways to Adventure was awesome because it was, a, you know, you had a color die, and you had to roll the color die, and then you had to fast forward the VHS to the next color door that came up on the tape. And it was all clips of, like, old adventure movies. Huh. And and some of them were, like, you know... And during the adventure scene, if you spotted, like, a piece of artwork, you could claim a piece of artwork from the treasure pile or gold or something like mm. that. And and then there were also bad things that happened, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't know if it really counts as, like, a board game. I, know, I don't think it was a VHS one, but I think it may have been a computer game. Because I remember my sisters got it when they were in college. And they brought it home... And we played it on the computer. Was the you don't know Jack games? Mm, Love yeah. the you don't know Jack games. We yes. played those for hours. Early CD-ROM games. Yeah, yeah, that one and the worms, the the worm game where you had to like, like, blow I don't know, you had worms. to like blow up the other worms yep. or something. That was a fun one. But uh, the the one I was thinking of was the Star Trek one. 
I don't know. I, I didn't oh, know wasn't that. there a Star Trek Trivial Pursuit? Yeah, there was Star Trek, but this was a Star Trek um, Next Generation VHS game. Oh my god, we had that. Yeah, where the yes. Klingon was taking over mm-hmm. the ship. Yeah. Father and I played that for hours. Okay. Yeah. It was actually pretty good. There was that one, and there was a Disney um, There was a Disney VHS game, too, where it was all yeah. Disney trivia. Uh, mm-hmm. No, that I didn't know. And Katz um, is like, there was v- VHS board games? <laughs> She's yeah. like, we had six no, VHS tapes. Yes, we had six. I'm like, no, that's always These all got a lot easier to play when they came out in DVD because yes. let me tell you how much it sucked to try oh to fast forward, pause it, and pause it, and try to get it perfectly on your yeah. Well, you can thankfully watch every one of these on YouTube. Almost every one of them is on there. Oh my god! Oh my Actually, god. Restoration Games, if you're listening, Doorways to Adventure, do it. Seriously, at base game, at base game, Dory's oh, Adventure would be fantastic would be to remaster. The thing, the thing though, now is they would have to get rights to every single That's clip they that they used. That shit they did. I, I, I don't know. They so would have had to do I don't know if they actually did get the rights. Yeah, honestly, this whole game, I don't know if they ever would have gotten the rights to these all these clips. Like. I mean, a lot of them were really old, like black and white movies, so it could have been the public domain. Public yeah, domain stuff, at that point. So. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. But no, I mean, like, um, you know, for me, again, it was a VHS game, like, or something like that, like, at like the age of 11 or 12, and then everything went away, and then the first time I even thought about a board game again was somebody was like, have you ever played Access and LS? I'm like, huh? And we had a game that lasted six months. Yep. Yeah. It was set up because oh. we took it that seriously. And I'm like, this was a lot of fun. And that then I'm like, miserable. but again, I don't think I ever played another board game <laughs> until, like, you 18 or 19. You can't have a board game like that that lasts that long if you have cats. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We didn't at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so. so here's here's the big thing. I mean, we mentioned Axis now as a couple of times. If you're the Axis players and you don't win within the first two turns, you're going to lose. <laughs> we had a lot of players that made a lot of poor decisions. So the game kept flip-flopping. Oh. And hence why we had a game that went on for close to six months. Yeah, and that I would just means we played the... once a week, maybe, yeah. for an hour or two. So we let the cat on the table be like, ping! I am the cat on the table, yes. I will knock everything off. The cat jumps up on the table, hisses at everyone, and bats the pieces on the floor. So, Seems appropriate. So when I had just come out of high school, my brother and his friends decided they were going to play this game. And I wish I could remember the name of it. But it was a table, like, it was a 15-foot map oh, of the world. Where you all played a super, where you all played a superpower, racing to develop nukes. One turn took an hour. Oh, not God. one, not no. one turn around the board. One guy's turn took an hour. We played for two days. This sounds dreadful. It was, right? it was horrible, <laughs> and I really wanted to leave. And it sounds like you were too young to drink at the time. Yes. Yeah, the only way to get better is alcohol. But the game yes. ended. Because David and I got... So at some point you develop nuclear weapons. And the game ended because David and I agreed that the game sucked and we wanted to go home. <laughs> so we blew everybody up. I was just going to say that you can actually create a nuke and then you guys blew up the world and went home. We, we set off all our nukes. In the atmosphere. Which was an actual rule you could do. This sounds like an awful thing. And we went, we're leaving! (laughs) Alright, so I'm going to squeeze this one in here because I think this works really well before we get into the next part. Um, Is there any classic games we think from our childhoods or from like maybe the ages of like maybe like 15 and under that came out that we think can still hang today in the modern day kind of trend of gaming? Clue. Clue? Yeah. Yeah. Clue is very timeless. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Candyland, no. <laughs> no, actually, my answer would have been cool, too. Yeah. 
Um, Phil, this, Aaron, Jada. I I don't think I've I really have besides for the dexterity based games like Don't Break the Ice mm-hmm. and Kerplunk, which you know dexterity games are kind of coming back a little bit. Um, I actually as just well. saw a DIY of how to make your own Kerplunk game Aww. using a laundry basket, dowel rods, and a bunch of like little balls from like a ball pit kind That's of thing. Awesome. I'm like, oh, that would be a really fun thing to do. <laughs> yeah. I I can't say besides for those games. Nothing that I really would have played would hold up nowadays. Yeah. Not Monopoly. Monopoly. <laughs> Monopoly is timeless, no. mainly because you can never finish a game. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's it's timeless because time stops when that game is opened. I feel like people still actively play Scrabble too. Scrabble is a Definitely. great game. Um, I mean, yeah. you yeah. played on their suits. Yeah, Words of Friends. Yeah, uh, yeah. Trivial Pursuit. I think is still a good one. I know we still play that. Chess. Chess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are those are almost like classics. Like those those should, games uh, have been around for hundreds of years. Yeah, yeah. Risk. Yeah. Risk. Yeah, yeah. That's just maybe gonna come back with the um, legacy. Yeah. yeah. Should um, get the table from my dad's attic. So <laughs> is now here's where we kind of start stepping into the modern era. Is now what modern board game made you interested in board games again? Because oh, shit. Um. And I, can, I actually, I'll start this off because I'm actually looking at the person that caused that. Um, so, and actually, probably half of the people at this table, um, I was probably there playing it with. It was a little Steve Jackson game that blew up in a huge way called Munchkin. Uh, was that was said? Hey, we're gonna play this, and it was the it thing that all of our friends were playing at the time, and everybody was really massively into it. Or it was like Shea Geek or Shea, Shea uh, you, know, you know, that was another large one. And it was just a basic fun card game. But it was enough that it was when we all started entering that realm and started getting into it. And a couple of people already played things like Catan and stuff like that. And we're like, okay, cool. But that was a great entry point. Um, see, for me, I never really got, like, I played them, but I never really got hooked by those because... Um, yeah, Shiggy and Munchkin just didn't do anything for me. I'm really picky, to be fair. But, like, when stuff like, um, when I first played stuff like Seven Wonders and things like that, mm-hmm. and, like, um, you know, those ones, I was like, oh, this is really fun. I mean, it also appealed to, like, like the drafting element reminded me of Magic. Because Magic was, like, my, you know, I played that for a long time. So, elements, yeah, and elements like that. And when I found more strategy-based games, like, that's when I really got more hooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say like definitely Seventh Wonder is the first one I thought of, and also Elder Sign. Yes, that Elder was Sign too. was a yeah, lot of fun. Yeah. That's a game that can last forever if you roll like shit, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> well, well, you know, I did play the you know, Munchkin and Shea Geek and stuff like that. Um, the the one that really said, "Hey, you know what? Maybe I should look into this a bit more." Was Seven Wonders. I went to a. Uh, there used to be a. Um, uh, a game, uh, a computer store called Ground Zero mm-hmm. near in Westchester, yep, yep. and after it closed, a, a gaming shop opened up in it. And uh, my friend Kenny and I went one night, and the owner introduced us to the game, and we wound up playing about two hours after the store closed. And I was like, "This is a really cool game." What the hell else is here? <laughs> uh-huh. And then you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Son, you're hooked. So yeah. Um, I actually loved playing Shea Geek. It was just one of those, like, beer and pretzel yeah. games. Again, I like party games. I like games that we can all, like, laugh and enjoy. And it doesn't really matter who, like, wins or anything. Um, 
I'm trying to think of some of the other ones when we first started getting more heavily back into board gaming. Um, I remember we really liked Shadows Over Camelot. Yes. We played oh my that God, one a lot. That, so that was super fun. I like that one a lot. Um, but I even just like, I just like group games. I like things that are social that can be like just wacky, kooky fun, you know, but then some serious games too. Um, we really like in our house, um, was it Zombicide? Mm-hmm. That's a fun one. And you're working together. Again, I like the ones where you work together. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, Forbidden Desert and Forbidden Island are other really good ones. And we play those with our kids like all the time. That's usually a big one that they, they usually want to play. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I got back into board game in, in college and never really deviated from the two kinds of games that we played back then, which was Settlers of Catan <laughs> uh, and Flux. Oh, oh flux. flux, yeah. Um, it's funny because besides for besides for se- Hey, how do you play this game? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah. Besides for settlers, uh you know yeah, there were no other board games that really hit the table. Like it was all tabletop RPGs, you know, we had a standard D D session, so mm-hmm. it was it was Yeah, tabletop set- was a big thing for a lot of us this game. It was mm-hmm. oh, oh it's not D D night? Mm-hmm. Let's play settlers. Like, yeah. yeah. And yeah. let's play it till like two in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean, well, obviously we got into, you know, for most of us, it seems like it's friends that brought us back in and not family. So yeah. we can kind of bypass that. But, um, you know, kind of unpacking the large part of this is why do we think board games have become prevalent again? And it, especially in the last 10 to 15 years. Um, I really think, so I mean, you know, a lot of people at this table even were saying they kind of drifted away when video gaming came out and things like that. But that is a very, like, a lot of the social aspects of gaming, like gaming together was starting to fragment a lot more or everyone was at, you know, behind computers being able to game together for, like, multiplayer things and stuff like that. Board gaming was the thing that, like, you now could do to get those video game elements with your friends because the more advanced they got, the more they started bringing video game mechanics, like, the gaming style of mechanics and things like that into it. Um, It's also cost-effective. Yeah, that too um, <laughs> I can go out and for the same price as taking a, well, actually probably for cheaper than taking a family of five to the movies, I can get a $30 board game and not only will that amuse me for the night, it'll amuse me for the next three months. Yeah. Um, so now it's just, you know, it's become more cost effective and because the games are theoretically better or more yeah. inclusive and cooperative. In some cases, it becomes better for families to have a board game than to go to the movies. <laughs> Jenny. Um, I think for us, and this, I mean, speaking just grandiosely for everybody, most of us here, we're in our 30s. We're not playing the same games that we did when we were kids. I mean, some of us maybe are like Scrabble or, you know, Bill's favorite Monopoly, something yeah. like that. But, you know, the games that we're playing now with our friends are very sophisticated. They're not, like, they're, they're cerebral. And even if, if you're working together or if it's a strategy-based game or you're all working towards the same goal or whatnot, um, it's it's super fun and it's challenging. And it, in a lot of ways, you know, if we're used to playing RPGs or we're used to playing Magic, it is just one little step ahead of that. And, okay, it's like, all right, it's not a Magic session that's going to last, you know, four and a half hours. We can play this game in 10, 15 minutes. So especially, you know, for those of us who have families or, you know, working long hours and that sort of thing, it's nice to be able to say, okay, we're going to have everybody over for board games. And it's not, it's beer and pretzels. Like you don't have to spend a lot of money to do it. Um, if everybody brings a game 
And, you know, you can have different tables set up different ways. It can still be very social. You're still working together. You're achieving a goal and you're having fun. So Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I was going to say, too. Board games got interesting again. Mm -hmm. They're no longer roll and move and do a thing. Like there's there's no I mean, there's still a lot of games that are, you know, you have dice, you have a random element to it. But there's a lot of games out there where it's like, hey, you have something that you can choose to do. You have to strategize. You have to think about what you're going to do to affect the game instead of just, oh, I rolled a dice, I move my piece, I'm done. Well, yeah, it's. I think one of the big key parts of this, and my answer on this kind of piggybacks off of what Jada and Bill said and then also Kat said. For me, a big part of it was nonstop. It was gaming was video games with friends on the couch, like playing Tony Hawk playing a fighting game, playing a side scroll or beat them up, whatever it was at the time. But when everything went online and everybody's like, well, I can just do that from home. And that connection that you were using to spend time with friends goes away. Yeah. <laughs> and game, uh, gaming, if you're not an online gamer, that became my, hey, I need this as a relaxed chill time for just me. But then I'm like, well, what do I want to do with my friends? So gaming with friends filled in that old niche that disappeared. But you're right, it's it's now also this activity that's, hey, most of the things I need or have to think about anymore is like, oh, I have to remind myself to punch this into Google to how do I do X? And instead of, mm-hmm. no, I have to use my brain. And it forces yep. you to use your brain, which is really nice. Yeah, strategy. Um, and I think, you know, coming from somebody as a, as a parent, you know, our time is kind of precious. And when we are able to spend time with friends, we like there to be, you know, a reason why we all get together. So, you know, that's huge for us. Um, just coming from, you know, not to mommy jack the conversation or anything, but it is nice to be able to like, okay, you know, you can feel a little isolated when I'm not a video game person. I'm not going to mm-hmm. hop online and be like, oh, I'm going to play World of Warcraft for hours and hours and I can talk to people on that. Like, that's not necessarily my thing. Video games aren't necessarily my thing. So I like to be able to get everybody together and, you know, come to my house. The kids go to bed around eight and then we all play board games or whatnot. Or, hey, now that the kids are older, they play games with us. And that's actually something that my husband and I love to do is to be able to introduce our kids to these aren't your standard board games. This isn't Candyland. This is Carcassonne. Mm -hmm. So you might be pulling tiles out of a box, but you're building a city. And you have to be able to put your princess in the city or your, your knights in your in your little kingdom and stuff. It's different from, okay, you know, you pull a color, you move to that spot kind of thing. It's 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 far more advanced and it gives them a little mm-hmm. bit more a chance to use their brains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and from, my, and from my point of view, I am a video gamer, but I hate playing online with people. Me too. Same because, geez almighty. These people are crazy. And especially as a female gamer, I'm sure that's, yeah, that's a whole other ball of wax. And for me, it's the, the big thing for online fight anymore is first person shooters. I suck at first person shooters. Me too. I'm lucky to get through the single player campaign with less than 20 retries. They stress me out. Yeah. That or a MOBA or anything that is if like. You're, if you're lucky enough to have a first-person shooter that has a single-player yeah. mode anymore. Like. Yeah, exactly. Um, but so for me, video games have now become, all right, I'm doing this by myself. Everybody mm-hmm. else go away. So, like, I'll play, uh, I just finished um, Zero Dawn, uh, Bioshock, stuff like that. Just me. If I want to get together with friends and do something, it's either role-playing games or tabletop games. Or... Uh, Board games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Exactly. Well, I, th- I think that, like, we are talking about just the, how games have changed over the years and, and how much more um, 
sophisticated they become and they've kind of grown with our age group yeah. almost and like I keep looking over Rob has an extensive <laughs> game collection um, and I keep looking at Mysterium oh I love that game <laughs> because how different I, I is that love... game that's one of my favorite games and for those who have never played it you are playing a ghost <laughs> that is shown it's literally like gobbledygook cards of like random pictures and you have to try to get it's interpreting art it's it's one of the coolest games I've yes, ever played up with Clue Yes, and let me tell you, it plays different with anybody you play because what TJ is trying to show me, and then what our friend Kenny is trying to show is always <laughs> something totally different. So it gets. It, it, You're trying to understand the way that your friends' brains work. Yeah, but they're, but they're but they're also trying to figure out how your brain works, which makes it really unique and interesting. I also kind of, you know, as a parent as well, I kind of also like the After Dark games that we play after the kids go to bed, like Cards Against Humanity, Red Flags, Apples to Apples, things that, you know, like, you can play with a room full of grown-ups, and yeah, you're gonna, somebody's gonna flip the wrong, like, the wrong switch gets flipped, and everybody just goes... Snake Oil is one of the best games Snake Oil Snake Oil is fantastic. Snake Oil we love. I got playing the one time. I will never forget that I were playing Cards Against Humanity with, it was a a group of um, actors, I was in a show. Oh, God. And we had to explain to one of the younger 18-year-olds in the cast what some things were. Cards Against Humanity. Yeah. Yeah. They were all of age, they were all allowed to play, but... Oh, that was interesting. I played, <laughs> I played, unfortunately, Cards Against Humanity in the presence of my mother and oh. aunt. And, oh, no. and with my sisters and cousins and, and we're all, we all know everything what these cards oh, mean. No. Dear, what's Bukaki? They, they kind of, or, or what's, what's Megma? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and I'm just like, I, all I have in my mind of, you know, like the After Dark games are just... Dick jokes. Dick jokes everywhere. <laughs> uh, uh, somebody brought it into work. Oh, God. We ha- My work has, um, every once in a while, we'll all get together to do something fun as a group. And somebody decided that bringing cards against humanity was a fantastic <laughs> idea. HR line one. I was just going to say that. Did uh, they have a very, you... very long conversation with HR afterwards? No, luckily... The group isn't one to report. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, there were people who were not talking to each other after the game. Yeah. And uh, as the cards come out, I'm like, this isn't a good idea. This isn't a good no. idea. This is not. A, and I chose yeah, no. the least of. Because my boss was there. My supervisor was <laughs> oh, there. God. My that boss is not a was there. To work. And um, the other. Another department head was there. Yeah, that's it's, definitely this, not when you. This are. is funny. This is funny because my work group, work gaming group, has had evolved. Like initially, we excluded one person, and uh, we eventually invited him in after he was no longer my supervisor. <laughs> we can yeah, understand that. It was, like, it was yeah. horrible. I mean, <laughs> well, that's the nice thing about a lot of the After Dark games. Like you know, like they're all mostly all just purely card based. So yeah. even if you get tired, because that's the only downside with some of those games is once you've gone through them with the same group of people so far. Those games just get tucked away, and every once in a very you know few blue moons, they'll get pulled back out. But they're very conducive to buy games similar to them at a very low price point, which is really nice because, again, for the equivalent of a six-pack or two of beer, you can come back home with a game like Red Flags or Cards Against Humanity. Super or, Fight is another one we and, absolutely love. And that's great. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to think on how much basic mundane activities are getting 
card game elements added to them. There's a card game that just came out or is in the process of getting kickstarted called Fear Pong. It's beer pong that are coaster-sized oh, things yeah. underneath the cups. <laughs> and if you do, if that cup is shot on, and you pick up that cup, and you read, you have to do X right now. And if you do that, you don't drink your cup. Mm-hmm. It goes back down, and you get a point. And that's that. Okay. If you this choose is, not to do it... I, I need that. <laughs> I read some of the things on there. There, There is the normal ones, and then there is the extreme rules. And you're like, oh, oh dear that. lord. And I'm like, if you looked at them, because they started as a YouTube channel. So if you're really curious... Just go on oh, YouTube okay. and look up your pond. Honestly, the, the biggest thing, I think, and, and TJ, you touched on this, board games are cost-effective. And especially in today's age where millennials are killing everything, mainly because we don't have any money. Yeah, We may be killing TGI Fridays, but the board game industry is just Ooh, absolutely yeah. doing yeah, fine. Yeah. Not only that, but millennials are creating their own board games and doing things like getting them kickstarted. Exactly. So they're actually creating some pocket industry here. There there are certain yeah. board games that don't need to be kickstarted, like Itchy Monkey. It's a game about building your lice colony. Ew. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Ew. yeah, I saw that today. Ew. It hasn't reached its goal yet, and by God, As I hope should. to God it does not They're reach really its goal. They're going to start taking money so, away from that. So really, what I'm hearing is you should kickstart this in the, in the name of Jada and Cat. No, 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 no. <laughs> Fuck this game. <laughs> and Bill. I'm sorry. That's a whole lot this of wrong. is something that doesn't yeah, need to no, exist. I'm, I'm with you on this. This is a whole lot of wrong. All right. Well, because of Itchy Monkey, I think we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back in just a few and uh, we'll get, lice colony. And we'll get into a little bit more about modern day board games. So we'll be back in just a moment. Hey everybody, this is Rob from the Caffeine Crew Cast of Pods and DC Primetime. And I'm here to tell you something that you should definitely be doing if you haven't done so already. And that is heading over to www.nextlevelradioonline.com. There's a ton of other great podcasts on the network if you haven't checked them out already, such as From Panels to Pixels, Two Fat Dudes, What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero, uh, an upcoming Lost Revisited podcast, uh, in addition to our flagship show, The Showcast Spotlight, which is about to probably get ready to kick off its brand new season of celebrity interviews, great shows like The Melting Pat, Primetime Fantasy Football, and Con Talk. So whatever your interest is, there's definitely something for you at Next Level Radio Online. Make sure to check them out, like them, review them, share. Thank you guys so much for all of your years of support. Now, back to the show. And we're back. So I think coming into the like off of the break now, um, I guess the best thing we can kind of dive into for modern stuff is the types of games we kind of kind of enjoy the most. I think like or gravitate towards. Uh, I don't know if anybody has a specific one they'd like to jump into. Teach? Uh, I'm going to a lot towards worker placement. Uh, um, or... Do you want to explain, for people that don't know yeah, board games um, as well, what worker placement is? Worker placement is you have various meeples. So little, Meep. little, <laughs> little wooden figures. Yeah, little, little wooden figures that you can place on various spots of the board to get things done. You collect resources... Game cards, however you want, whatever you need to do. Like Stone Age. Yeah, like Stone Age. Yeah, that's uh, the, one, the one I gravitate towards the most is Lords of Waterdeep. I like that one too. Um, that is fun. Yeah, so I, I either that or um, is like, Splendor one of those? Splendor yeah. is a resource, resource management. management. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or the other. Those ty- are my favorite. My god. Yeah, the other type I like is. Um, 
Not de- like deck building along lines of like seven seven wonders more than. Um, it's a little bit of drafting. More like drafting. I yeah, love drafting. drafting. That's, that was the word I was looking okay. for. Well, so why do you, why do you prefer worker placement and drafting? Is there something about the mechanics that you really thoroughly enjoy? Yeah, the worker like, placement is a lot of strategy and being able to plan several steps ahead. If he goes there, I could go here. If they go there, I'll go here. Um, and then drafting, I um, to use Seven Wonders for an example. Uh, it's quick. It's fast. And it's it's also incredibly engaging. Too. It's also incredibly engaging, and it's great to watch the faces around you when they realize, "Oh crap, <laughs> I missed the good card." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh look, TJ's building sciences again. Oh. <laughs> and I, as a player, I'm usually like, "Look, science! I'm going to keep this and use that to build a wonder to screw the people that are trying to play." Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I actually am very similar um, with what my favorites are because I really like drafting and. I mean, a little more than worker placement. I like the resource management ones and things like that. Um, the other kind I like is... Oh, my God. My brain's just blanking on it. It's gone. It's gone. It's left me. <laughs> um, but, I mean, those ones, I love strategy games. And so I really enjoy those elements of it. I like being able to, like, sink into it and just think about it really fast. Um, rather than, like... oh. Co-op games. I really like co-op games. And it doesn't matter the style everyone, as long as it's yeah, a co-op style. I like co-op games because they're not mean. And I don't like being mean always. So sometimes, like, the Screw You games, I'm always like, I play, I like, I will literally eeny, meeny, miny, mo to make sure that I'm being fair as to who I'm actually attacking. I know Bill's shaking his head in dismay. I'm terrible with them. Because I don't want the guilt. <laughs> and I don't want the guilt on my conscience, Rob. How did you play Magic. Uh, str- I, I think so. That's what that's like my buffer. If it's in strategy mode, then it's a different ball. Like then it's a whole different uh, thing. When it's just like straight screwy mechanics, I don't do well with them. But if it's the strategy screwing them, then it's the strategy doing it, okay. not me. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta say, deck building games are my favorite because I was a big Magic player. I was never really great at building magic decks on my own, but with the deck building games, there's only a certain amount of cards that you can buy on any given turn, So, and everybody has those options. So it's like, well, I'm going to take this to make my deck better, or I'm going to take this to block somebody else from taking it. Uh, and going on from that, besides for deck building, is... With AEG's new card crafting system. Mm. Oh my god. Like Amazing. actually not just building your own deck, but building individual cards by putting different pieces and parts together to make a new card, which is awesome. And and just to spite... Just, just because that sounds of people, because everybody probably heard that weird grunt, I was also trying to swallow as I was going, yes, that... <laughs> as we were um, making, like, jizz hand gestures, yes. <laughs> I was trying to swallow. So, oh, I thought that was the cards hitting the table. Oh, obviously. I was going like this, because he was oh. like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, clearly we're... Really <laughs> sorry, we're like 12-year-old boys here. <laughs> right. In complete opposite direction from Cat. I love, I love hidden role games where you are trying to convince everybody else at the table whether or not you are Secret Hitler or not Secret Hitler. (laughs) Oh, racial goblins! Yeah, Yeah. Kat, you can wait on that because we'll get into the bad stuff. Then we'll you can you can give us your piece on 
anything like that. I didn't know that that was a word for that, but I love those games as well. Which one? The, Do those? Um, the hidden roles, hidden role game, yep. where you know Sheriff of Nottingham, like the, the games yep. where it's all about the it's all about the rules. Yeah. So Sheriff of Nottingham, I don't have illegal cheese in this bag. That's clearly somebody else. You know, like <laughs> those kind of games are fantastic, and like hit like the the what is it? Coup. Coup. Yep. Um, Resistance. Resistance. Yeah. Those are. We did another one at um, Jess and Aaron's a couple weeks ago where it was uh, two rooms and a boom. Mm-hmm. Where yep. you have like you divide the party into two for different. A little while um, back. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he was the one that brought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you divide the group into two different people, two different uh, groups of people, and somebody is the president and somebody is a bomber. Now, keep in mind, you know, we're, we're not saying who the president is in this incarnation. It could be <laughs> the president of any country, not necessarily ours current. Um, but so you have to, you, the idea is that you want, like, the one team is trying to keep the um, bomber away from the president, and but nobody knows who each other's cards are, and you have to be willing oh, to share well, information, cool. and certain people are spies, so that was a really fun one. Um, I also... I also do like deck building games because Smash Up is one of my favorites. Um, I specifically love the princesses and bear cavalry together because if I was going to be a Disney princess and had forest animals at my beck and call, there better be some goddamn bears mixed in with that. Um, I also really like co-op games because, again, I like games, especially co-op games. We love to play those with our kids because then it doesn't necessarily mean that one person loses. And that's kind of a big thing. We're a team. We're a family. So... That to me is big. I also don't really love losing at games. So yeah, no, I got that. I like, if, if we all lose because the game wins, that's one thing. Like if we all sink into the desert during Forbidden Desert <laughs> and don't get to build our little fancy spaceship and fly it around, then you know that's on all of us. Which you have to admit, nine times out of ten, that's, that's what happens in that game. <laughs> that is specifically the one thing that Jude. If we win the game, he gets to build the spaceship and fly it around the room. Aww, that's like his favorite thing. That's um, another big one in our in our house. Uh, we like Mushy Crow. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, is really fun, and it's an economic game that's way better than Monopoly, Bill. Machikoro is amazing, but it also takes forever as well when we play it with these people here. It does. <laughs> it can oh, take we forever. We can flip that game quick. No. Yeah, we can play it quicker, but it's really fun. I, another one that I really like because I am such a social creature, I like the party games. I like the ones that are just not necessarily super mindful, but I like, you know, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. I, I like the games that are like Telestrations. That are Telestrations. Telestrations is, so is fun. super fun. Like, the best game in the world to play drinking. Yes. Yay. And especially yes. when people are like four or five drinks in, oh, Telestrations yeah. becomes a really wonderful it game becomes when the people best, are punched The best drunk. game of Visual Whisper Down the Lane ever. Oh that God, game is hysterical. Um, and just, you know, those kind of games that I can just sit and have fun with. It doesn't necessarily have to be like... Um, we've been playing Captain. The Captain is Dead a lot. Is that's that's a really fun one, but it's really you're like on edge the whole time or um, pandemic things like that where it's like it's kind of a super serious game. But sometimes I love those games, and then other times I'm like, nah, I just want to have fun. I'm like let, let's let's I give the serious like ones a rest and uh, and have some just fun party games. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I got to say some of the big ones um, are area control games. Are really a, t- a ton of fun. Like like what? Uh, like small worlds would be considered area control, but like so would games like Risk. But what I think of as area control more specifically is a game like Blood Rage. Blood Rage kind of takes seven wonders in small world and makes it one game, and it, it becomes really unique and interesting. I know Bill shakes his head. I am still bitter about Blood Rage. <laughs> the last time we played that game, we didn't play with the right rules, and it just was like. A complete game of fuck you, Bill. <laughs> I was just getting screwed over at every single oh, turn because we didn't we didn't know the correct rules to follow. Yeah. So. But I mean, again, that's based on not understanding. Oh, the yes, exactly. But I'll, go, I would, I'll I, go back and play it. But I, I would say one of the types of games we're not talking about yet is 
this good old dice chucking games. Like games like King of Tokyo, and oh, Outer, Outer Sign, you know, Outer like Signs, Outer Signs, I do love. Warriors, uh, really dice, dice Throne, like games where it's playing with that Yahtzee mechanic. I think can be really fun and powerful because it's a game that you are going for something, and the only thing that really screws you over is yourself most of the time. So the <laughs> dice have a part in it, but. When you choose to keep going and make that mistake and be like, I really should have did this, but I was cocky and wanted X. Was Dice mm-hmm. Throne the game we played the other week that was mean? <laughs> yes, but Dice Throne can be mean. It, it, it can comes be mean. back to Yahtzee. Yahtzee is evil. But here's the thing. Here's the good thing about Dice Throne <laughs> is you don't have to worry about who you're going to attack because know, you have to I roll a die to because determine. one person got targeted like... Three times in a row. But it's the dice. didn't get upset about it's it. It's the dice that are choosing it for you. But I felt bad. And he still it won. Was... <laughs> no, it, nobody won because we stopped playing because me and Michelle got bored. <laughs> this is why King of Tokyo is probably the best of those, like the dice yes. games. I actually do like King of Tokyo. King of Tokyo is because it kind of marries the best of both worlds. Like you get the dice games, but you do also have like the cards that do stuff, and you have the point scale. There's measure of control with it because like you can jump, like you choose to. A lot of times, like you'll choose to jump in because of the thing you did, or like you know, so like, and you can choose to step out. Like it's a matter of what you want to personally do, and you also get to be a mega bunny. But I mean, like I think some of the other things that are really fun that are kind of entering into some of the stuff is kind of like the escape the room feel style games where like Time Stories is very much that way. Like we've had a hard fight with Time Stories playing it because we're idiots as when we play it. Because we're just not paying attention the way that we should. You said it's all puzzles, right? Yeah, for this uh, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I have been sa- I have been soured for time stories and other escape the room type board games, but I can hold that to the next topic. Yes, I can. Hold that. <laughs> but I think there's a lot of fun that you can have with those things, but it really depends purely on the group of people you're playing with. Very much so. You could have the wrong person. I think for any of the types of games that we're talking about, when you have one player that doesn't like a specific type, can change a game. Oh, TJ will tell you, and he, he holds this as a grudge. My father, who does not like playing board games, played um, Ticket to Ride with us. Yeah. And instead of trying to actually do his own cards, he just went through and screwed everybody with just putting oh trains God. everywhere. And, and, my, and, problem, and <laughs> my problem was less that he did that, because it's a viable strategy. Sure. My problem is, the entire time he was doing that, he says, I really don't want to play I really don't want to play. Uh, I really yeah, don't I want to that. play. I get that. Yeah. Then don't play. Yeah. yeah. Sit out for don't this round. Don't screw everybody else's fun. Just don't play. <laughs> Just sit out. Aaron? Um, I think everybody's kind of touched on the on the games that I I like get drawn to, especially like I love co-ops, you know, Mysterium, Castle Panic. Castle Panic's a ton of fun. Uh, Castle Panic's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, what's the one with the Haunted Mansion? Why am I blanking on that? Oh, ba- ha- uh, Betrayal of the Betrayal, yes. Yeah, so I like that. And then I also Betrayal of Baldur's Gate. That's, <laughs> and that's one that's, that's it can be cooperative, and then all of a sudden it can also then be that's why a traitor is among us. Yes. I always, every single time I play it, I end up with a traitor. Fucking hate it. Cat <laughs> hates any game with a traitor mechanic because she always ends up as the traitor. I can understand oh, I that. Do. And then I feel so isolated and sad. <laughs> I don't like it. She was like, this was a co-op game and I used to have fun. You know? And now, <laughs> and now I'm, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> All of a sudden you start singing like, Burr, now I'm the villain in your story. <laughs> Uh, but it's funny to play, like, so, well, we play games a lot with my, my father-in-law and um, and stepmother-in-law, and you learn things about people when you play games, like, 
I never yeah. trust my stepmother-in-law now because she like railroaded us in um, uh, Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> this woman like was passing stuff through her bag and she was like, I don't know what you want to do. Go through my bag. I'm totally fine. I believed her. She was lying straight face to me the entire time. <laughs> and now I told her, I told her to her face. I'm like, I don't believe a thing you say now. <laughs> she'll, she'll always go, I don't know how, how to play this game. I'm so confused. This is 60 points, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? <laughs> That's amazing. I love doing that. <laughs> That's not Sheriff of Nottingham. My brother is like very quiet. And now, I mean, now he'll come to game nights and we do play games together. So, um. And there isn't like fighting or anything. Else. There's no fighting. And I don't lie about playing games. <laughs> I don't do that. Maybe. But, um. Yeah, like, he'll play, he was playing Sheriff of Nottingham with us and he's very quiet normally, but then he was getting like super sassy and like, you know, challenging everyone. He's like, Fine. Go ahead. Just try. It's like, what's going on here? It's always the ones you least expect. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, any other types of games that we didn't touch on that like were some of our favorites? I don't know what other types okay. of games. Okay. Well, let's, we'll flip that now. And what type of games make you hate the hobby? Uh, because I know we all have at least a type of game that we despise. Like Bill, Bill go ahead. ahead. I hate co-op games. Ah! Oh. Oh, I know this about him. Mainly, mainly. So, so there are certain co-op games like Mysterium, which are which is great. Like that is co-op game based on what people are thinking, and and you're not playing against the game. As long as it's a co-op game where you're not actually really playing against the game, Mm -hmm. it's fine. There are so many co-op games out there that because they assume everyone's level of board gaming can be super expert. That the game is so fucking hard that you only win twenty percent of the time. What ones are you it, thinking of? Like Pandemic, the original, really? or Forbidden say, I like Island and Forbidden Desert. Like, um, the, the, like the original Pandemic, um, the Escape the Room games, like well, like Time Stories. Uh, there's another Escape the Room game that I played that was based on like a phone app, and it was super hard and ridiculous. Unless you did everything perfectly, you weren't going to beat the game. That's fair. Um, I, I agree with Bill to an extent. Like I, I know you had a good experience with Time Stories, but I, like we played we, it and I was like... We had a good experience with two of the four there, modules. There have been a couple of modules that have been great. There have been some that are absolute dragons. Shit. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. The Marcy case actually was really good. Yeah. That was just us being idiots. Right. Yeah. Under the mask. Well, it made me hate that game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For someone... I've, I worked at an Escape the Room for two and a half years. And I can understand the difficulty of trying to take that mechanic and putting it into a board game because so many people looking at that. Like, I never saw someone solve the room the same way twice. Right. Yeah. You know, everyone's going to look at it totally different. And some people need that level of push from someone. And it's, yeah. I love, I love physical escape the room. Yeah. Because there are so many different ways you can figure stuff out and you can actually manipulate things. But you have a person there giving clues at the right moment. Exactly. And you you read the room room. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The problem with something like time stories is there was only one solution, and if you yep. didn't get that solution, you just kept going around and around and around I would and be around until you get, got the solution. So but the other type of game that I'm not a huge fan of is, and I don't know exactly, miniature games. What like what kind of game is that? Like, like, um, like 40ks or something? No, no, no. Like. I don't um, know <laughs> Like Bloodborne, just, or... Um, well, Bloodborne isn't, but, like, I know, like, oh, you're thinking uh, uh, Demon Souls. Demon Souls, yeah, that's Dark it. Souls. Dark, right. Dark Souls. Where you... I don't even know what that game is. I don't know what that is either. So, yeah. what, it is, so what it is, and I guess 
it's sort of like zombie side, but less. Oh wait, but is it longer. like um, Descent? Is Descent the thing? Yes, Descent is a okay. miniature game. Okay. I actually really liked Descent. My problem with the, with these types they're of games, they're long though. Miniature long games can, can mini, miniature games can be multiple things though. That's the thing that makes yeah. that a little. I tricky. fell in love with Descent when I had my wisdom teeth out, and like I think Tommy and Kelly and Rob were there, and we played Descent for the entire weekend. Yeah. Were you high at the time? I mean, I was Probably. pretty like. <laughs> but like, <laughs> played it when she was not under the influence yeah. of. We have Imperial Assault, which is the Star Wars version of Descent. <clears throat> And it's pretty freaking good. Like, I mean, yeah. it, it, you have to be willing to sit there and play it. Yeah, and you ha- kind of have to have somebody like run it for you. But it is. See, and we had solid. we had Tommy running it for us, and I think that helped. Oh yeah, because yeah, Tommy really he runs things very well. Yeah. My problem with them are two twofold. One, they take they can sometimes take forever, and the amount of time that I've played That's this one fair. game, mm-hmm. like I played Dark Souls, mm-hmm. I got through in the span of four hours. We fought one guy. Oh god, that's mm-hmm. terrible. And it's horrible. Yeah, See, that, that sounds horrible. Like you. we're waiting on like I have a copy mm-hmm. of Gloomhaven coming. Mm-hmm. And everybody said that is Descent and D D. And you can have a D D campaign where you can build on top of your characters as like a legacy game like Risk Legacy and all these things hmm. and have it evolve with you. Mm-hmm. And when you say, Hey, I don't want to play this character anymore, you can retire them and they become an NPC in the world. Wait, and I'm like what? That's Yes, crazy. I, like, that's pretty cool. And then uh, I, I guess my other part of that is if I'm going to sit down and play for that long, I could play D and D. Yeah, that's accurate. That's yeah. accurate. And for the cost, how, you know, for the cost of Gloomhaven, I could get a couple of. I also got Gloomhaven at an amazing price well, that okay. too. I'm not for the normal, <laughs> I won't say how much because it'll piss off people. Here's a good <laughs> example: Scythe. Yes, Scythe is a new game that's supposed to be fantastic. It's a hundred and twenty dollars. Oh my lord! For the base game, Gloomhaven currently is going for four hundred and seventy dollars. I got for eighty. What? How? Okay. Open box. Yeah. Oh. Unpunched. <laughs> so Why not? for a hundred and twenty dollars, I can get a couple of D and D modules and the player's that. handbook, yeah. and I'm good to go. Yeah. I totally get that. But some people don't have that. Yeah, some is. people don't have that storytelling ability that you have. Mm-hmm. So for some people who aren't you, they might like that kind of game because yeah. then they can just dive into an adventure. I, and I can understand. I can understand that. But for me, it's like if somebody pulls out any game, like if somebody pulls out Scythe, I, I'm going to take a hard pass on that one. <laughs> I understand that. I think for me, like I can say right off the bat, like these, two, like for games. If you tell me a board game is going to take four hours of my time, I'm immediately a hard pass. If somebody says, yeah. let's play BSG, and I'm like, I don't want to play Battlestar Galactica because I know how long it's going to take. Yeah. If I have an opportunity to sit around with a group of friends and have a board game day, I already know how difficult that is in our 30s to be able to pull that off sometimes and say, yes. look, I really want to play games with you guys. I've been wanting to do it for a month. And if I don't enjoy my time playing that game... That's a big risk to take mm-hmm. to spend and pull pull together that that group of people already, For but be able to hours. do it and play a game that I may not like, which is why I understand why Bill's stating what he is about things like time stories. Yep. Time stories it scares me at the same time. As much as fun as I have with it, sometimes it also I know I may have a very bad time with that. Game. Right, and when you're forcing yourself to do something for four hours and you may not enjoy it is a big risk of time when you're an adult. And I mm-hmm. think that's really problematic. When a game does not understand I have a life and time that is precious to do the things that I want to do. And if they're not really good with my time, that's a big, huge 
yeah. ripe against mm-hmm. a lot of groups. I completely agree with you. <laughs> uh, with you, Rob, because I'm exactly the same way. Like, I have three kids. I work. I have other hobbies aside from playing board games. And if something is so complex that I need to read, like, a freaking 375-page rule book just to kind of get the basic concept of it, I'm going to lose interest and I'm not going to want to play it. So am I taking this that no one wants to play the campaign for North Africa with me? Yes. This is the game that takes like 1,200 hours. To no. I don't want to play Imperial Hell Settlers. No. I don't want to do any of that stuff. I'm done. No, I'm no. good. Even on board game nights, I like, like especially on board game shorter nights, actually, ones. I like shorter games the more that we can do. sit and play and then say, okay, we played that one. Let's move on to something else. Or if other people want to play this one, like, okay, you guys want to play Mysterium. We're going to go play Exploding Kittens because that one's really fast and fun. We're going to play Five Minute Dungeon. You know, we're going to play some quick games. We have the extrovert problem, though, of, like, there's more people. I have no attention span now because I want to talk. Yes, exactly. Or I want to go and play games with these people, and then I want to go play different games with these Uh people. So So fast fast ones in that. Yeah, it has to be be quick and dirty. Yeah, my my solid rule is if it takes more than an hour on on a game night, I'm out. Unless you're counting, like, if it takes an, an hour and... 15 minutes because it's the first time you've ever played the game and you've got to figure it out. Okay. But if you've got somebody there who's, who's good at it and only, and it takes an hour. Okay, cool. I'm in on that one. Just a quick piggyback on this before we jump back to Jada. Um, for me, the biggest thing is if somebody comes with a game, you need to understand how to play it to explain it to people without drawing on longer than it takes to play the actual game. It's a huge problem, but games that are long, it's good to have a game group built purely for that. Like, I have a small group with I was Bill, just say that. Tommy, and Kenny where we know, hey, this game's going to take two hours. We're going to plot a time that's the four of us, but not something that's going to get in the way of a hangout with friends kind of thing. We did that with Imperial Assault. I think we had Tommy over. Um, I think maybe Fesh was there, too. I don't know. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter who all was there. But we basically did, like, we're going to get together. We're going to play Imperial Assault. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. So something like that where it kind of does... Not really take the place of like a D&D night for us or something mm-hmm. like that, because we have several different tabletop games and things like that that we play in. But if we're going to say, okay, we're going to get together to play this specific game, this time is donated, is designated for this specific game. Mm-hmm. And these couple people are coming over and that's all we're going to do. That's a very different scenario than like a group, a bigger group game more night game where we want to do yeah. more social games mm-hmm. and more just fun party games instead. So I definitely, I, I feel yeah. you on that. Yeah. No, I think that's a really tricky thing. Because um, time management is really difficult with board games. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially yeah. when you, again, have a family and you try to maximize your time with, like, your spouse or your your kids, whatever you your need to be. Your cats, whomever. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you know? jobs, lives. You know? well, yeah, um, and, and it's, it's a really hard thing to do. I like so. that you touched on um, people who explain games well. Because in, really in our house... Mike is the guy who reads all the games and he understands, like, he can, like, glance at an instructional booklet or just, like, kind of, like, skim through and be like, oh, this makes sense. And he immediately starts plotting all these different strategies and stuff like that. So the first time we play a game together, it's usually him basically playing all of the game and me just saying, what do I do with my cards next? Uh And I affectionately refer to it as Cones of Dunshiring. Yeah. And you all are Parks and Rec Rec fans, so, like, harken back to the first time he's trying to explain... Cones of Dunshire to Leslie, and she's just staring there blank-faced at him. That is me every time he tries to explain a game to me. But I'm like, let's just play. 
and I'll pick it up. Uh-huh. And that's what we do. And I'd rather any game like that. If somebody says, Let's, we're going to do a practice round, and then we'll go. Yeah. And if you do that, I'll understand. I've been playing, um, I guess, like, Tommy was probably who introduced me to most of the board games I've played over the years. Like, newer ones. And bless him. Because he he's has so patient. Dealt, he is so patient, <laughs> and he's concise. He's concise, but he also deals with my, oh, it's okay, I'll learn it on the fly, whatever. And then as we go, I'm like, what do you do? How do you do this? da 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 He is so patient. Like I said, amazing. The, my two biggest gripes in the world of gaming are players with analysis paralysis. And if you don't know what that means, it is, all right, so I'm going to spend 15 minutes of my turn not doing anything, but thinking about it, which means they also spent everybody else's turn, mm. still thinking about the turn and still not making a move. Like, when everybody goes, this is where I'm going, this is where I'm going, this is where I'm going, and it goes through five players, and that player and still sits here for 15 minutes, I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. You're uh-huh. not allowed to play games with us anymore. Mm. <laughs> or at least not the, that style of game. The worst is when you get two of them in a game. Because as much as I love them, our friends Top Dog and Buttercup. Top Dog is who I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Are both analysis paralysis. And you know you're bad when Top Dog turns to you and goes, So you're going to make a move today? <laughs> oh, shit, son. Which is what he said to Buttercup. Oh, shit, son. Uh, and which is great. I don't have to bleep out names because it's like nobody's like, Who the hell is Top Dog and Buttercup? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and it was me, this other guy, these two. And the other guy and I were both going, boom, boom. I'm going to go make a sandwich. <laughs> My only other gripe I can really say, too, is we do Extra Life every year. And we're one it's crazy. Like, it's like year five or year six. But when somebody comes to say, all right, it's Extra Life, I really want to play this game. And it's in the, like, we're at, like, hours, like, 17 or 18. And I remember, and it was, I bless your heart, TJ. Like, one of the times you came and said, we're going to play XCOM. And, oh, God, no, really? And we're all, like... <laughs> Mentally challenged at this Everybody point. Like, no other. And we're like, cool. And it was like 25 minutes in of you trying to explain what's happening, and I'm falling asleep at the table, Mike. And I got up, and Mike, I'm not playing this game, and I just walked away. And I'm like, I just can't. And it goes back to that, like, if the rules take longer than the start of just like, let's just go. I hope I'll pick it up, and if I don't. I'll just say, hey, that's this when you just turn on drop mix and let everybody dance. Oh, thank God for drop mix. Thank drop God for drop mix. Is so much fun. <laughs> Erin, uh, uh, what is the type of game that you're not a big fan of? Well, you know, it's it's funny because I totally agree with the timing thing. It, it, something it lasts longer than an hour. I just, as much as I want to keep interest in it, I just can't. Oh, yeah. I can't do it. But also something that takes like half an hour to set up. Yeah. If I'm watching you set something up for half an hour, I already know that I'm in for the long haul and I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> There's, like, I, will, I want to run away now. Yeah. <laughs> I will say there's very few games, and there's, again, very few that exist out there that, that have the long setup time, but the games that sneakily make you realize that you haven't spent two and a half hours around the table together. Is there something really special about them? Like, like what ones? You know, Jada, you brought it up. Kat, you brought it up. And I haven't even brought it up. It's one of my favorites is Shadows Over Camelot. Oh, that's Shadows crazy. Over Camelot. You're like, it's only been 30 minutes. You're like, we have been playing this for three hours. And time feels like it goes by like the best movie you've ever seen. Yes. Unless you add in Merlin's company. Yes. And, then, and then at the end of the night, Casey's like, 
no one's having fun here. Can we stop now? <laughs> or, or, or you're sitting watching people play a game of Shadows over Camelot, and everybody's like, we won! And it's like, who was the traitor? And the traitor goes up, yes, it was me. You didn't do anything to stop us. Yeah, we won! <laughs> that was our good friend Ben, who has been on this show many times. Yes. And he's saying... I didn't want to railroad the game. I was having too much fun playing. I understand that, though, because I'd be in the same shoes. I don't like... I mean, the trader mechanic, I just don't think it's necessary in Shadows Over Camelot because it's difficult enough. It is. You don't need a trader fucking your day up. The whole rest <laughs> of the board's trying to fuck your day up. Do like, you want to get into your reasons on why you hate trader mechanics in games? Because that's what we're the section of this podcast oh, we're true. in anyway. So me and trader mechanics do not work because I have no poker face at all. I am not a good actor. Ever. Everyone could read everything on my face. So every time we would play Resistance, like, and again, I always get stuck with the traitor. So we would be playing Resistance, and I'd be like, oh, I'm the traitor. And I'd look up, and then people would be like, oh, I wonder who the traitor is. And they'd start making, like, the random accusations. And I'm like, hee, 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 <laughs> trying to keep my mouth shut, You're and twirling I can't. Your mustache. <laughs> yeah. And um, I tried playing it with Michelle before, who is my cousin, who I've grown up with. I didn't even open my mouth, and she's like, catch the traitor. Because <laughs> it's on my face. The guilt is just on my face. Probably one of the best situations that I saw recently was um, we were, I was at Aaron and Justice a couple weeks ago. And we were playing One Night Ultimate Werewolf. And so you're trying to, it's a witch hunt. Everybody's trying to figure out who the werewolves are, except for the tanner. The tanner is trying to die because the tanner is suicidal. <laughs> oh, wait, is this the, the, is this the fesh yes. move? I, oh my please God, tell the was, story. It was I heard brilliant. about this and this was so, amazing. Our friend Paul Fesh, he's very like, he's very outgoing, kind of like, he just has a huge personality. And the whole time, he was trying to point fingers at other people, but he's like, oh, no, it can't possibly be that person. Oh, no, it can't possibly be that person. And he kept, like, su- giving, like, dropping, like, like subtle hints, like, you know, like, dropping a bomb as a subtle hint that he was the werewolf. And eventually everyone's like, it's you, it's you. And he flipped over his card, and he was the tanner. And we were just like, Brilliant. that was the best played tanner yeah. I have ever seen. I was seen. told from multiple people it was the best play of a tanner in the existence, in the existence of, that of that game. That's fantastic. Absolutely. It was hysterical, because we were all just floored. <laughs> that, that you know he played it off so perfectly and so occasionally you do get somebody who's just really good at playing that trade mechanic people, and I feel like you know people that might like like maybe acting more and things like that would be like really or like bluffing you know I feel like those games are awesome for me I suck <laughs> so it's like this is yeah. why this is why I do love those games I can see that I love, see I will I say I can I can hang with Secret Hitler at least because there's some buffer room because you're electing, there's like, there's the extra little buffers of like elections and like other things where it's easier to kind of throw shade and there's not as much spotlight on you. So it's like, I can sometimes hang with those games. The only other time I've been able to make resistance work is, um, me and, uh, Chris Carlucci oh, years was... ago played resistance and both of us suck, but we did the thing of like, I, one of us outed, like, so pretty much, like, oh, he outed himself early, and that's my strategy, too, because we both suck at lying. So he outed himself early and was like, I'm the traitor! And so I just stayed really quiet, and nobody caught on, and he was pretty much throwing shade at everyone else, so that's been my strategy ever since. That was your best game resistance ever. Like, I remember <laughs> that game. Because when was, that yeah. happened, everybody went... 
Holy crap, Cat pulled that off. Yeah. Because <laughs> you guys won. No, that was a later one. Oh, uh, okay. Because that's when I was doing the Chris move of like, you know, where I was throwing shade with everyone. And I'm like... Sure, oh, Nottingham is another one. one that you can work with pretty well, too, because... Because I can play it straight. You can right. pixie lie, though, too, in that game. I can pixie lie. I can do the fey lying. I can bend the truth, but I can't break it. It's so, like, yes, I have three cheeses. I didn't say one of them is a royal cheese. Right. But I can still keep a straight face if it's technically the truth. <laughs> you could totally keep a straight face. I love using this lie in Sheriff of Nottingham. Yes, I have spicy bread. I have very spicy bread in my bag. And yes, you do, because you've got three bread and one pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually pretty good at playing the bluffing games, but that's kind of my personality. However, people tend to typecast me, and they're like, oh no, you're the traitor. I'm like, no, I'm not. Like, I've had several times. You're usually one of the worst ones. What do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. People do that to me all the time. <laughs> no, usually people are like, oh no, Jade is totally, you're that's totally lying. You're totally I'm like, I am not. <laughs> so, I think we got into all the stuff that we have issues with in certain games, like, individually. Because I think if we say all those together, that means nobody should ever play a board game ever. Okay. <laughs> um, so, but I think what be one of the things is, there's... In today's standards right now, there's a lot of franchises being turned into board games. I mean, there's a Buffy the Vampire Slayer game, which apparently is is really good. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a brand new Labyrinth game that got a lot of positive feedback, too. I love it. Princess Bride, so on and so forth. Mega Man. There's a big Street Fighter one that just blew up. Huge on Kickstarter just a couple weeks ago. Um, There's a Harry Potter one, too. The the Harry Potter one is a game that we have here, which is one of my favorite games we own. Um, At this table, does anybody have a franchise... That they would love to see turn into a board game that has not been. Cat, Last Unicorn, go ahead. What type of game would Last Unicorn be? <laughs> what kind of game would it be? We all knew that was coming, Cat. Don't you even pretend like you didn't know. Um, I was thinking there would be some sort of mechanic on like herding the unicorns towards the sea and fetching them out again, but I don't really know how it would work. I see. I would think it would be a co-op game and everybody gets to be a different <gasps> oh, character. Yeah. Like somebody gets to be Schmendrick, somebody's Lady Amalthea, somebody's maybe, and the then kitchen Maybe wench. like every, like you would try to like play cards to get, no one's draw gonna be unicorns no out one's of. Gonna... That's true. Like, that's like when everybody goes, what color do you want to be? And you're like, oh, I got stuck with yellow. Like, yeah. I don't know yeah. why. Everybody gets really angry about that for some reason. But like, I think you would probably like play cards and try to extract unicorns from the ocean and the goal is to get them all out of the sea to save them all okay i could say and then like there would be the over goal of defeating the red bull in the background looming menacingly like they tick closer and closer and if it gets <gasps> oh, closer yeah, to it you could be the ticking clock thing that would be perfect right, that'd kind be of, a great yeah. mechanic like you have seven turns and the red bull once yeah. he gets on top of you like you're toast yeah, I like that a lot. So you have to save all <laughs> yeah. the unicorns from the ocean before you get to the ticking clock red bull end zone. Ta-da! <laughs> Bill, so I think this is a very difficult topic because nowadays there's so much being turned into board games or video games or games in general that everything's already there. And vice versa, too. Yeah, board like, games are being turned into movies. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I love, you know, I, lo- I love Warehouse 13. And I was like, oh, great. It would be great if Warehouse 13 was a game. And yes, it is. Oh it, is it is a game. Um, the one thing, and it's, it's relatively new and I think would be an interesting board game, would be Westworld, the board game. Ooh. But the interesting thing about it, what I'm imagining, is that you have the board game initially set up. And then you play a turn or two. And then you reset everything back to start. 
and then you go and you play a couple more turns. Then you reset everything back to start, just like in Westworld, because all the characters, all the hosts, had their own loops that they were on, mm-hmm. and they'd replay those loops every time, oh, you know, gosh. like every time they'd shut that down, would make and people would come people. in. Yeah. That's exactly what happens <laughs> in the show! <laughs> and that could be also, that could also have a good, that could have a good traitor mechanic in the game as well. Yeah. So... Could be interesting. Um, and there probably already is a board game of this, but Game of Thrones. Yes, there's, yes, there is. Very, very, yeah, heavily involved. Yes, yeah. I, it's it's one of those uh, like I think it's like a big, long like it's one of those like BSG three and a half hour. I wouldn't want to play that style. I think there should be like a Game of Thrones risk. There is. Mm, there is yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, for me, is um, everybody at this table? I think for the most part, has played in some form of White Wolf game. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I would love to see a board game that is Vampire the Masquerade. And what it is, is everybody at the table is playing a clans member of a different clan. So, like, TJ's the Toreador, Aaron's the Malkavian, and so on and so forth as we go around. Why am I the crazy? <laughs> <laughs> and he's definitely hey, not the Toreador. Hey, I'm the not the Toreador. He's, Tori he's the Tremere. <laughs> but as an example, and what the game would be is it's a vice who become the prince of the city. So it's a, not a deduction game or anything like that, but like you're all doing co-op missions, but trying to have the most influence in the game to get your points across for your clan. And every once in a while, things happen in the game's life. There's a random Sabat attack, which allows you to maybe help bump off another one of the characters. This is brilliant. I know, no, it's, it's a board really game. good. <laughs> So does so does the player who's playing Giovanni automatically get to win? Nope. nope. <laughs> but like it's one of those things where Such you could have <laughs> But like what you would do is like say for example if there's a Sabat attack, the Sabat could turn those members and those now become kind of almost not traitors, but people that are influencing the Sabat now to win. And you don't know the who Nosferatu loses. Are joining the Camarilla? But like you do things like you can now force these clansmen to lose their buying in the Camarilla and now working for the Sabat behind the scenes and not knowing it where you can kind of build upon this and whoever ends up winning you know you get to the seat yeah do you get to use like your uh like vampiric abilities well, of course i would do something where like everybody like, has like two or three disciplines yeah and you can say no no no, Aaron. i think you really should make sure you're helping uh being uh, a lead on this mission because of x but like you know, like kind of playing with those ideas together. Oh, that's that's fantastic. That, that sounds really, really fun. You should actually totally cut this out of the podcast so no one else steals this idea. <laughs> you should actually just have, start with you saying, "This is what a great concept would be," and then cut to her saying, "You should cut this out." <laughs> actually, yeah, no, because that came to me because I looked over at the shelf and looked at the second edition of Vampire, and I'm like, "Oh." I was like, ooh, that would be amazing. See, so. I'm thinking like you really probably good. plotted this out for like three days no, before the podcast. I just topped my head. That's freaking brilliant. That's, That's actually a really good idea. Mark, the board gaming. Really good. Hmm. I would totally play I'd that. I'd play that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd play the crap out of that. <laughs> um, for me, so part of the reason I was disappointed with Time Stories was because when you read the box, yeah. it sounds like a show that I used to love. It sounds like Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And then they got Cthulhu in my science fiction. Yep. Okay. So I like that first game. They suddenly suddenly there's the demon, and I'm like, oh, I'm out. I'm disappointed in this because it reads like a quantum leap game, and I'd love to actually have a quantum leap game where you you play as a group, you go back to a you go back to a point in history, you play out that game. 
You play out that scenario. Question. Yes. Okay, so you're changing history in this game. Right. So it's sort of, you can almost do it like a choose your own adventure style thing, where at the end, there's like a secret card of like, if you chose X and if you chose Y. Right, it could be a legacy right, game so right. that the next game is affected by your choices right. here. And you're you're trying to get to the, the good future, and depending upon the choices you make... It sounds like, was it Chrononauts, but on... Um, yeah, steroids. But, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just a random aside, if people love to choose your own adventure, choose your own adventure. The House of da- uh, House of Danger is uh, up for pre-order right now. They turn oh, choose your own adventure game? into a board game. <gasps> yeah. nice. And the I reviews are so through the much. roof. Yes. I used to have dreams about those books. Yeah, they it's said really the rule weird. the rules they, they said <laughs> it's a simple game to play. You can play it co-op with a whole room of people. And they said you can play it a ton of different ways, and they're cheap. They're like $15, $20 games. They're starting with the House of Danger, and they're going to be doing numerous ones. That sounds amazing. Oh, my God. I love that. I hope I'm not the only one that would, like, stick my finger in the book. I did. Oh, my God. Because if you made the wrong fingers. (laughs) I used all of them. And then I would be like, okay, I have it open to, like, these different scenarios. Do I need to go back to that one? And then try to read. I'm glad to know I'm not the only one that did that. (laughs) Jada, what franchise? Oh, you said Game of Thrones. Do you have any other ones outside of that? <laughs> um, I don't know. They already made a Labyrinth one and a Firefly one. Although, uh, and they made a Game of Thrones ones. I, I honestly just wish they would make them just slightly more simplistic and not so comes of Dunshire. Because um, that would be rad. But I really want to play the Labyrinth one. So we, we need They a, should totally a do it's like fun. a yeah, musical a one. one. Yes, a Hamilton one. Uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a Broadway game <laughs> it's called it's called be a broadway star and it's and it's like all broadway trivia and that stuff. is an amazing oh, game it's I a lot of fun game. oh my See, god i, like I kicked ass like, on have I'm one sure where you, you like create songs out of words and stuff like you know where it's mm-hmm. like like instead of cards against humanity you have to sing them and like, like create like music. like battle of the electric vikings but with music you actually have to sing it <laughs> well, you kind of have to do that with electric vikings Aaron, uh, <laughs> what, what would you like to see turned into a board game White collar. <laughs> that would be awesome. To pull a heist and pretend you didn't pull the heist. Exactly. <laughs> I, I like. I have no idea what the mechanics would be, but those stories are so awesome. But to have They're someone really as a Peter good. and someone yes. as a Neil and a Mozzie and all this stuff and just, I, I can, can we have Matt Bomer run it for us, please? please. <laughs> oh my God, please. Yes. <laughs> you could have one person playing Peter. The yeah. rest of the crew. And the We're crew trying to pass- outsmart Peter. Yeah, the crew is passing cards back and forth, and Peter has, um, like, little NPCs that he could use to look at your cards to try to figure out what your scheme is. Like Diana or, like, right. uh, yeah. So you could kind of turn it almost into a kind of, like, piggyback Mysterium. Yeah. And they have things, yeah. but the ghost gets to look at. It's the, yes. the G-Man gets to look at what, <laughs> yeah, what, what the nice people are. Can somebody then get to play Elizabeth, where she just sits around petting the dog, drinking wine, and occasionally just passes <laughs> Yes! <a card? laughs> like, she just occasionally, every five turns That'd or so, it's like, <laughs> she just hands a card, and that solves the entire thing. Uh, like, as long as I get to play a Satchmo, cool. Uh, <laughs> Mozzie, yeah, Neil, and Peter would all have a version of Elizabeth. I know nothing about white collar. <gasps> oh! We just recently just watched it for the very first it's time. So, so I've been thinking about it since. It. So it's with really all of you describing this, how about inserting something like letters from Whitechapel into that as well? Whitechapel. I can definitely do that. Where it's like it's like you're you're all detectives trying to find Jack the Ripper and you don't know where he oh, is. That's, oh, that we have a game that is that, which is The Last Friday. 
Last Friday is Letters to the Wild Child. Played. This would actually be in reverse then. <laughs> yep. So it's it's what I was saying. Peter's the only one visible on the board. Yeah. Trying to find yeah. the other four people. Yeah. Yep. Like I, I said, it. you could do that or a Mysterium, a yeah. flip of Mysterium. Yeah. I love that. That'd be brilliant. That's so much fun. White, or White College on Netflix. Do yourself a favor. It's, it's so six good. seasons. You will it is it. so good. It has the best series finale. Ever. Ever. It does. It really it's does. really good. We finally finished. There, there's oh, this God, there's so this thing good. called time that I don't have. Make time. I can tell you this now. The moment that you start it, you're like, I'm staying home. <laughs> like, I've had nights where I'm like, do you just want to stay in tonight and just watch White Collar? Because I do. Yep. <laughs> We're yeah. now on our third time it's watching it. Yes. I think it's yeah. after yeah, we finish Riverdale really season good. two, we'll be going back. We're we're re- or I'm watching Psych right now, and then after that, I'm going to go back oh, to White Collar. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into the next thing real quick because, um, like I said, we're getting closer and closer to that two-hour mark. Uh, we got about twenty minutes. So, uh, favorite memories in board games. So I've got to put this out there because you mentioned snake oil a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from Extra Life, like two years ago. <laughs> we decided the one? we decided to play snake oil at like the very the very ass end of the night, uh-huh. and our friend Sam is just putting together things, and he's like, <laughs> yes. "This and this." By Ronco. Yes! Every exact thing I was thinking Every of. single turn. You say it with such a straight face like, I am so tired. By Ronco. And again, this is at hour 24, 25. Mm-hmm. And he is barely functioning as a human being at all. Everybody else is actually doing really well, but Sam is very much he, not. Yeah, he I don't know how you guys do it. I really don't. Um, when you're playing board games, though, actually, for that long, your brain stays yeah, focused. Like, yeah. if, when you're actually playing video games, your brain falls apart. Um, it's <laughs> you're thriving off of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. Social interaction is yeah. key. Yeah. yeah. But you're right. No. The Byronico moment is, yeah, was, was amazing. wonderful. Uh, so my favorite board game moment comes from when I was a kid yeah. playing chess against my grandfather. Nobody had ever beat my grandfather in chess. Nobody. Not, not, not his wife, not his sons. He and I are playing, and he's not paying attention. He's talking to his two sons, and all of a sudden he hears me go, Checkmate, Pop-Pop. <laughs> and his head whipped around. You would have thought he was in a car accident. His head <laughs> and he looked down and he went, Re- Redo it. <laughs> beat me in four moves. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I have one, and this is going back a long time to probably when I was like maybe 10 or 11 years old. And we used to do family games, uh, and this was probably after like a Christmas dinner or something like that, of Balderdash, where you have to, you have a real definition that gets mixed in with everybody's fake definitions of whatever the word was. And um, so... In our family, it kind of is like a huge family of extroverts, except for my one aunt's husband. My uncle Danny is very, like, he's very introvert, very kind of closed off. And everybody was playing this game. Everybody was having fun. And his thing is, like, even it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. He'd kind of just go off and read a book or, like, watch, like, this is old, this old house or something like that. Or just, like, kind of quietly do his own thing in a corner. So we all kind of quietly collaborated on whatever the next word is. Make it a word about somebody being antisocial when everybody else is doing something together. And the word was nerviewer. I still...
still for the life of me do not know what this word's actual definition is because everybody came up with definitions and you're probably googling the the definition of that right now bill but everybody came up with definitions of a nerve viewer is an introverted person who quietly reads a book while everybody else has fun playing games. Or like, <laughs> everybody came up, like, we all did this just to sort of antagonize him into, like, getting out of his shell a little bit. And it took him, like, and this was a group of, like, my mom's whole family. So that it was, like, six adults, my sisters, myself, my father, spouses, so at least 10 to 12 people. It took him probably five go-rounds of everybody reading a definition before he kind of, like, ears perked up he turned around, and to the life of me, to this day, if somebody in our house, especially, like, my mom's side of the family, like, my, you know, my side of the family and that, it's like, we'll literally look at each other and be like, you're being a real nerve were right now. <laughs> we will just, like, just, and nobody else outside of our family will get this, but it's still probably one of my all-time That's favorite awesome. memories. And it's, really, I was probably really 12, maybe, maybe 10, I don't even know. Uh, so we were teaching my mom how to play uh, Kung Fu Fighting, which is a... <laughs> A card game. And my mom is just this sweet, soft-spoken woman. Uh-huh. And she looks at TJ and she goes, well, I think this is right. And then proceeds to lay down ten cards in a row, killing TJ's character. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like maybe, what, the third, like, third, turn. third turn? And TJ's like, well, yep, that's right. And I'm out. Okay. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. <laughs> So I'm going to go with the night I ruined Clue. <laughs> I figured you would. Yeah, it's pretty accurate. And that's why I pointed to you before I went. Because if not, I was going to go the night cat ruined Clue. <laughs> so it was when we lived at our old place. And we had like, it was in the Glenmore house. And the heater was like right there. And I was drinking. And we started by playing Last Night on Earth, I think. And I got stuck playing the antagonist, which I hate. So already I was like, well, I better keep drinking because I had to like be the zombie fighting everyone else. So I was like, this is boring. And Kenny was like trying to teach me to play because he was being like the supervisor. And I was like being really belligerent and annoying. And I'm like, no, my zombie wants to go now. And they're just going to stop all over. And he's like, you can't do that. So then like we switched games finally to Clue. And as we're playing Clue, like, we're going around doing the normal shtick, and, like, I'm in, like, I'm right next to the heater, and I'm pretty much being a cat and falling asleep in front of the heater. I was also really drunk. So people would, like, be like, do you have the knife? And I'm like, no! And, like, I definitely had the knife! (laughs) (laughs) So... The game finally comes to a close, and Kenny has this huge conjecture that he works really, really hard on, and he's like, and da 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 da, and this with this because of this, and like he goes into it and he opens it up, and it's so wrong, and he's like, but how? I've calculated for everything, and I was like, but not for a drunk. He's like, but I asked you at turn three. Oh my God. He has never let back. That's amazing. I got another one. Go ahead. And this is again, this is from Extra Life. Oh my God. Fucking Jenga tournament. Oh my Lord. That Jenga I've never heard a house get so loud in my entire life. Over Jenga. Over Jenga. So it was Jenga that started off with four people and eventually got down to two after, you know, the tower falling and it being reset. 
and it was like Fesh and Jeremy. Jeremy. And yeah. it was so funny because Fesh would pull a piece out and he'd start to go put it put it up on top and his hand was shaking so much. <laughs> and it was like, oh my God, every time they placed a piece, it was like, okay, it's going to fall. And it didn't. And next piece, it's going to fall. No, it didn't. And they build it up probably about uh, one and a half times the normal Jenga tower height. It was so shaky and so I've never wobbly. seen a tower hit that height ever. <sighs> but it kept going turn after turn after like turn. Like counterbalanced like one brick on mm-hmm. like one little stick this way. But it's all counterbalanced perfectly because all the weight. Yep. Like one of those yep. ones where you pull a piece and it twists the tower. Like oh, God. <laughs> a quarter turn so it's balancing not at all the way it should ever balance. But it st- that happened like early on in the game, so you're like, "This is gonna end very fast," and it just never did. And you're like, "It was the longest game awesome. of Jenga I've it ever." It lasted seen. like a game of Jenga lasted like 20, 25 oh, yeah. minutes, yeah. and you're like, "That should not be possible." <laughs> but yeah, no, it's that was that a was high amazing. high point uh, for me. Actually, is oddly enough going back to chess as well, but a very opposite, weird, twisted version of chess. Nightmare Chess by Steve Jackson. Oh, I love Nightmare Chess. So Nightmare Chess, if people that don't know that game, is a card game that displays with a normal game of chess. And I was playing with my roommate at the time, who had no idea what he was in for. And the game, by all means, of any game of chess was just over. I was done. I had two pieces on the board. He had like six to seven easily. And he's like, you should just stop. We can just stop playing the game. I'm like, no, no, no. I have a good hand of cards still. And he's just like... There's no way you're coming back from this whatsoever. I ended up with 12 pieces back on the board by the end of the game and beating him with nothing left on the board. <laughs> to the point where he said, I will never play this game with you ever again. This is the worst game that has ever been designed by the history of mankind. And I will also never play normal chess with you ever again. <laughs> but there was a moment of where like, I just feel really, really pleased with myself. The fact that I was like, normally I'm like, yeah, let's just pack up the game. I'm like, I think I can pull this off still. And it's just, it's one of those games that anything is humanly possible. Similar one to a last man standing like that. And this isn't even my story because it I think it may have happened before I was even born. So I told you that my parents were huge fans of playing Risk and that these games would go on for like hours and hours and hours. So there's legend has it that my mom's uh, my mom's brothers and sisters and my mom and dad were all playing Risk. And my dad was, I don't even know what country he was, but he had completely like decimated the entire board, except for my my uncle Dave had one piece left in Venezuela. One guy, like one little piece left in Venezuela, which is like the rinky dinkiest country in risk. And he managed to come back from that and roll and roll and roll and roll and completely wipe the board clean from <laughs> Venezuela. Well, because you know you have to oh get up on Papua New Guinea and just build up. Obviously. That is awesome. All right. So we're going to jump into the next topic real quick, which is expansions in board games. And what are the best? What are the worst? And we're going to start with Aaron. I hate to say this because this is one of my favorite shows, but I detest the Firefly expansions. It took the base game that is a pretty good game and made it an eight-hour game. Oh, my God. To the point where we pretty much own all of the expansions and the base, and we don't play it anymore because of the length of the game. They had a good concept to begin with, but now it's just kind of gotten ridiculous. Uh, I'll I'll save uh, the worst expansion for Cat 
because I know she's probably... Well, no, she has another one. So so I will say best expansion, hands down, is any of the expansions for Mystic Veil. They add so much to that game, hands down, without question, that it makes that game bigger and better constantly, and it changes that game every time you play it to the point that you just don't know what you're going to get when you open the box, which is so much fun. Worst expansion of all time, without question... Shadows Over the Camelot, one of my favorite games of all time, is absolutely destroyed and ruined by Merlin's company. Yeah, it takes a game yeah. that feels already difficult to beat and says, if you have a 30, 35% chance to beat the base game, down to about 5 to 10% to the point mm. where you're like, this is just an exercise in futility, and it's just a horrendous experience. Um, I don't really know that I have one for worst expansions, but I, I have to say, I love all the expansions for Smash Up because it takes an already fun game and they just completely add new elements to it. And That's it's awesome. just such a great game anyway. And, you know, it kind of, everybody then has something that they can pick from that, that really kind of feeds their soul and makes it really fun. I totally get that. Um, I mean, I'm an expansions curmudgeon, so I will. <laughs> I really oh, don't oh, like. Get off my lawn, expansions! Yeah. I totally like that. Rob tried to introduce new, like a new expansion to Sheriff Nottingham, and I'm like, this is stupid. I hate it. He's like, give it a chance. No. Like, it's... you didn't even allow the game to end. The first game of it that no, you played. It ended? No, it didn't. We Did stopped it not? playing. Oh, that's because the expansion was miserable. Rob's like, no, you were miserable. <laughs> <laughs> that could also be it. But I mean, like, I've, I've played some expansions where it's really, really changed the game in a good way because I guess, like, the game kind of felt incomplete. Like, Machi Koro, I've never actually played without the expansion, mm. um, the Harbor expansion. So, like, oh, in, that, best. in that way, it actually, like, it took a game that might not have been fully complete and made it complete. But anytime there's, like, a complete game that I really, really enjoy, the second you had an expansion in it, I'm like, why? Why did you ruin this thing that I love? <laughs> I feel that so hard. <laughs> so I get to say what my the one I hate was, but I didn't get to say what the one I loved was. The expan- expansion I love is for Ticket to Ride. It's the Dexter and Alvin expansion where you get the dinosaur and you get the alien <laughs> and you move them around and it affects you know if you can oh, be- if the if the dinosaur it's been like Godzilla or an alien and if they're in that that uh, area you can't put a train to there. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> I never knew that existed. It's I don't, awesome. I don't understand. <laughs> does not compute with <laughs> the actual <laughs> theming of the game. It doesn't matter. It's so much when fun. When you guys come over, I'll, I'll show it to you because I've got it. It's a great little just stupid it, expansion. It literally makes the game even more of a screw your neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, probably my best is the uh, Underdark expansion for Lords of Waterdeep. Because it adds more areas. Uh, Scoundrels of Skullport. Yeah. That's it. Scoundrels of Skullport. It adds more areas. And then if you're really feeling adventurous, you can add the corruption tokens. Oh, God. That which kills are hysterical. You. It's funny because I love that expansion. But yeah. I know people that hate that expansion. I think that expansion makes that game yeah. massively better. But which yeah. game? Where, for which game? Lords of Waterdeep. It's a worker placement. Oh, like oh okay. Um. And I'd have to say probably the worst expansion. I and I know people like this, but after like the first expansion of Seven Seven Wonders, yeah. 
They started getting stupid. Yes, like, Tower of Babel. Babel is oh my horrendous. god! Yeah. It ruins that game so it. badly. Babel is amazing because it allows you to affect other people and actually compete with everybody else at the table. You and no, I think one I other person that I know enjoys Babel. Do not want. I think we rarely even play it with leaders. Yeah, like when we I play like play with leaders. Well, yeah. Here's the thing: I mean, the base game of Seven Wonders is just so good and so yeah. solid to begin yeah. with. Seven you Wonders and Seven Wonders and Cities. There's all you can change it. Right. So Leaders good. was okay. I'll play like that was the second expansion, but then after that, things just started to get weird. Yeah, I'm like, you could have stopped here. Exactly. Like I gotta say, I love you know going off with uh, what you said, Rob. The Mystic Veil vale expansions—they've just added so much to that game. The one gripe I have with their expansions is they don't label their cards as expansion cards. So breaking it down at the uh... end of the day, if you don't want to play with certain ones, is Nigh impossible. It is impossible. Yeah. There's there's no way you can tell what's what. So worst expansion for you? Oh god, I don't even know. Um go ahead, go ahead, Kat. I no um idea. I will say I actually did like in uh, Mysterium the expansion, which instead of items you can do um scenario. Which is secrets and lies, right? Which is cool because it's got really gorgeous art. Like, one of the best things about Mysterium is, like, the art's oh, the just art's beautiful. stunning. Mm-hmm. And so them adding more art doesn't really, like, it doesn't change the game mechanics. That's my thing, is when I really like the game mechanics, I don't want them to change, because I like it for a reason. And if you then, like, are like, we're going to take this game that you love and make it really confusing now, then I'm like, fuck this game. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is just a general thing about expansion, not a specific one in general, just... Uh, when your base game kind of requires expansions to make the game better, yeah. which Mystic Veil vale did kind of hit that a little bit. The base game's great, but because the first time I played it was with expansions, when I got the base game and didn't have any expansions, it felt lacking. That's fair. Yeah, so. You should be able to play a game without, like, you should be able right. to play the original base game without expansions making it, like, it should be just as enjoyable. Exactly. The only thing I can see in that defense with, um, again, if this was, like, an indie published game where they had to do a Kickstarter on it and maybe, like, they could only get the funding for X amount and then the expansions were, like, what they actually wanted the game to be but they couldn't afford to add them in, then I understand it because it's like, okay, they, you know, it's a finances thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's close out our board game discussion with everybody be able to give maybe two or three of their favorite games for people that have never played board games, or maybe just in general, and then one to avoid. Just one to avoid. So <laughs> so let's start with a single game to avoid. Everybody is going around the table from something you've played that you were like, you should not play this because of X. Um, and then we'll each give uh, two to three that we absolutely enjoy. Um I would say for me, a game to absolutely avoid, I would say Mission Red Planet. It is a game that is just asinine in my brains. There's nothing about it that feels like it's fun and functional. It's a game where like, cool, I have to get all these ships up here, but everyone will constantly kill everything I'm doing. So if you're targeted, it is a game that is so unbalanced if you become a targeted player uh, to the point where it can easily make that game enjoyable for three of the four players very simply. And it's not a positive experience in my mind. Uh, mine not to play is Eldritch Horror. Um, I think it takes everything that Eldritch, uh, the Elder Sign is and it tries to make it bigger and better and then you end up having a seven hour game. Ooh. And it's one of those games where it's like, if you don't roll well, it's longer. If yeah, you know your cards aren't rolling well, it's longer. It just, it gets miserable. Ooh. It did have some fun mechanics to it, but it just, it, it wasn't worth the time. I've got another Cthulhu game to add on the pile there. Arkham Horror. 
Mm. Oh, that's going to see that one. <laughs> uh, we, we had a game once where uh, the first player to play died on the first turn. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. He took mine. Arkham Har. I hate that Fish? Game. Or not fish. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was looking at Jada and I was like, like wow. Damn. Wow. Um, the, uh, so I, uh, I'll sort of cross between two. One is Dark Souls because, God, it takes forever. <laughs> and the other is Time Stories because, God, I was so disappointed in that. <laughs> Um, anybody else with games to avoid? I'd say the Exit series of Escape the Room in a Box games. Uh, I've not played any of them, but I have heard I mean, a lot of people state that too. Yeah. I could go through like half of the ones on our shelf. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, really finicky with games. I, I'm very black and white. Well, no, there's some in the middle, but if, I, if it's in the middle for me, I probably don't want to play it. Like Fair. if it's a eh, then it's not really, you know. So there's a lot that I just really All right. I don't uh, like escape. What's that? What is that? <laughs> escape the curse of the temple. Oh uh, yeah, escape the curse of the temple. It's, oh my god, you gotta escape the temple in a minute. It's Go really, quick. It gives me massive anxiety and makes me really cranky. I don't like Cat doesn't like pressure. I don't. <laughs> I pressure myself enough, my god. <laughs> I don't need extra. Um all right. Um favorite games before we get to the MFK. Um Let's start with Jada. Uh, favorite games. Um, I already said I really like like party games. Um, I like Smash Up a lot. Um, I like Machi Koro because it's fun and you can play it for a while, or you can play it a quicker. You can play it in a you know more quick version. I like King of Tokyo because it's silly and it's super fun. Cool. Um, so those and, are your top three. Yeah. Also, Shadows of a Camelot. I like that okay. one too. Teach. Uh, Seven Wonders. Top three. Mm-hmm. Seven Wonders. Lords of Waterdeep. And I've really gotten into role player recently. Yeah. Okay. Erin. I was actually going to say that I really like role player. I really like uh, Betrayal on House in the Hill and Mysterium. Cat. A Mysterium too. Um, I would say my other one, Splendor for sure, because I got really, really addicted to that game. And then it's dark. It's tough. Um, Outer Sun. I like Elder Sign, but I also I like Sheriff from Nottingham too. Again, there's a lot that I just I enjoy. Shadows is probably my favorite though. Um, I'm gonna edit my answer to also include Snake Oil because that game <gasps> is just Snake Oil is my so favorite. That's fun. my favorite big group game. Yes, that's absolutely game. hands down. Bill, Mystic Veil. Vale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I think you could guess that one, Rob. Pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Seven Wonders. Oh God, the third one. Jeez. Maybe uh, Ex Libris. Okay. Uh, I would say uh, I will share uh, Mystic Veil with you. I think that is easily, I think, my top dog right now. Uh, I would also say the Harry Potter um, deck builder. Uh, With or without the expansion, either or, I think it's a phenomenal game and it's a ton of fun. I think there's a little bit too much chance sometimes, but I think it's a still, it's a really great game. And um, I would say probably uh, last but certainly not least is um, Shadows Over Camelot. Is is so it's just a wonderful, fun, fun game with role player, as TJ and a couple other people brought up too. Is just a, a, just a great game as well. So, um, so uh, to close out the episode, I figured the best way for us to do this for an MFK is to do board game stuff. Originally, <laughs> I was going to say we could do a meeple, the trivial uh, pursuit pie itself, just the wheel, not the pieces that go inside <laughs> of it. 
uh, and like the thimble from Monopoly, but apparently that was going to be a lot harder to do. So, yeah. uh, so instead, we're going to do uh, the Monopoly guy himself, uh, Cthulhu, because he's been in every board game apparently ever made, and the actual sheriff of Nottingham. So, uh, I will start with who's ready to rock? All right, I'll go. Okay, All right, Jada. All right, so. First of all, we're killing the Monopoly guy, because fuck him. He's everything that's wrong with white American capitalism. Um, just, just right off the bat, just just fucking kill him. Um, I'm going to marry Cthulhu, because, I mean, if you're going to have an evil overlord demon, you might as well have it be your husband and be, like, slightly somewhat second in charge. That doesn't seem terrible. And, I mean... Could we rewind time to have the Sheriff of Nottingham be like sexy Alan Rickman? Thank you! Because <laughs> I would totally fuck him. Um, so if that's when we're applying that, then we're, I'm going to say that that's what we're going to do. I would do... The Monopoly Man's going to die because right? I hate his stupid face. Yes! And um, I would... Probably, you know what? I like to flirt with the abyss, but I don't think I can commit to it. So I'm going to fuck Cthulhu, and then he's gonna fuck you anyway. You might. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and then I, you know, whenever I play Sheriff of Nottingham, I'm usually siding with the sheriff. I'm like always the lawful one that's not trying to sneak shit in. So I get, I get him. I will gladly marry him, and we will rule. The Iron Fist. Yes. <laughs> Aaron. So as soon as this came across, as uh, that's the first thing I thought was what Jada brought up. But the Sheriff of Nottingham is Alan Rickman. Sheriff of Nottingham, I am all about that. You, <laughs> my room, 930. <laughs> you, 945, bring a friend. <laughs> so that's exactly, I will, I will marry that man immediately. Um, I will um, kill Cthulhu. And I will fuck the Monopoly man just because I possibly put money off of it. So. That's true. <laughs> TJ. I would, uh, so I would, uh, probably marry, uh, the sheriff of Nottingham. As Jada said, I'm gonna get fucked by Cthulhu anyway, so what the hell. And then I would kneecap the Monopoly guy, stuff him in a box, put him on a train full of explosives, and chuck him off a cliff. You know, we're all talking about Bill's future husband. Yeah, no. <laughs> Bill. So uh, you can't you can't kill Cthulhu because you know he's an elder god and you can't kill him. So you, you got to get fucked by Cthulhu, just like everybody else has said. Or marry him. Uh, you're gonna kill you're gonna kill the sheriff of Nottingham because he's because he's an asshole most of the time. Not the Alan Rickman version. Well, he is an asshole too, but he's a funny asshole. Uh, and then you marry the Monopoly guy. And then Ew. divorce him and take half his money. <laughs> and properties and stuff like that. So I was trying to think of witty things to do with this, and I'm like, you could just go in a completely weird direction. So you kill Cthulhu. Probably won't work out very well for me, but you could always try. Uh, you have sex with a Monopoly man so you can come on the community chest. So. <laughs> and... You marry the Sheriff of Nottingham, but the one from Robin Hood Men in Tights. You know, the, the one oh, that speaks yes. really off-kilter all the time. Oh, I love him. So, He's hilarious. Because, oh, sure, why not? <laughs> Wasn't your mold on the other side? side. <laughs> so. Um. <laughs> he dared to kill a king's dad. Yeah. <laughs> Over that boy hand. <laughs> Which also would work really well in this case. I wouldn't really want to do it in a weird way. But, uh, 
Um, but that is the end of uh, episode 46, so we can kick around the room if people want to talk about things that are going on. Maybe any, even if you want to even mention uh, the current game that you've been playing. So, uh, Jada. Current games that we've been playing. Um, Five Minute Dungeon and The Captain is Dead. Both really, really fun. The Five Minute Dungeon is literally like a D&D dungeon crawl in five minutes. It is quick. It is awesome. fun. Um, it can be a little, it can be a little nerve inducing. Uh, you just have to make sure you have somebody play the wizard because they can stop time. Um, it's one that you can, you do with an app and the voices on the app are hysterical. So we've had a lot of fun with that one. The Captain is Dead is basically like Star Trek. But whatever captain that you have is dead, and you have to try and figure out as a crew how to keep the aliens off the ship, how to keep the alien ships from attacking, and how to repair your shipping. Jump to hyperspeed and get the fuck away. Um, it's again, it's a co-op game. It's super fun. We've been we've been really enjoying that one. Are you playing Five Minute Dungeon with your kids? Yes, we have played it with the kids. Okay, is this um, how you're kind of introducing them to that like D and D kind of style? We've played actually. Mike has run some D and D campaigns for them, like little baby campaigns. Jude's very Aww. first dice roll was a nat twenty. I'm very proud. Um, did you so frame it? <laughs> I did take a picture of it. <laughs> um, so I mean, we we have introduced them to different gaming styles, but that's a really fun one because it's quick and they don't lose. The problem with like D and D with like you know a, a seven year old and a ten year old is that they will lose interest and start doodling on their character sheets and like flit off and do whatever i do that too i'm 36 I know. <laughs> I know, no, no, um, so like stuff like that it's it's a real quick easy way to introduce them to the different archetypes of the characters um have them pick their skills on the fly like okay i have two arrows that guy needs two arrows to be killed okay i can kill that guy like it's it's a real fast way for them to kind of create those strategy games um, so it's a, and it's a fun one. It's color matching too, so it's kind of easy in that respect. <gasps> no, colors, Yay! colors. Teach. Uh, well, back in October, I got Tyrants of the Underdark from uh, Pax Unplugged. Uh, I finally got to play it about three weeks ago. I kicked his ass too. <laughs> um, it's an area control deck building. We've been playing a lot of role player recently, mm-hmm. and we also got Seven Wonders Duel, which is awesome. Which is yes. spectacular. A two-player okay. version of Seven Wonders, and it works flawlessly. Nice. Yes. Well, that's a nice thing, because it's a TJ and I live together, and obviously because we're married, but finding that good two-player game is hard. Um, yeah, but no, role player true. is definitely one we've been playing a lot. Um, we've also played Betrayal at Boulder's Gate, which is a betrayal version of... Uh, it's a different version of... Uh, was it Betrayal in the House on the Hill? Um, less scary, but still with that traitor aspect that Cat loves. <laughs> Thankfully, there are a lot more co-op campaigns yes. in the booklet than there are traitors. Yes, and that is yet very I true. Yeah, I still got the traitor. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't played that game one time in this house. That will probably be the I only time we'll play be playing it. Again. You can play with whoever else you want. <laughs> yep, that's it for us. Yeah. I'm still obsessed with Splendor. I started playing it like a couple months ago. And, like, so when I get a game I really like, I get obsessed with it, and I just want to play that game. Like my cousin did with Mysterium, where she has run it, like, I think every single time I see her, she's like, Mysterium now? <laughs> and then it's, and then we've been playing it, though, and every time we've been losing. Like, all the fucking time. Yeah. So, we just keep playing. Bill. <laughs> uh, I think you know, I'm going to say Mystic Veil vale here, because mm-hmm. after I was introduced to the game, I immediately went out, bought the base game, all the expansions that came out as well. So probably spent about 200 bucks in one shot to get it all. <laughs> I introduced <laughs> two other groups to Mystic Veil vale as well after I got it, so... Yep, uh, for me, uh, Mystic Veil vale is also my go-to right now as well. Uh, I also like gonorrhea. 
Mm-hmm. You know, just keep spreading. Yeah. <laughs> Except this is much better. Um, <laughs> I was so. just about to say, I haven't played this game yet, but now I'm not sure I want to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no mixed Do I need antibiotics after I play? <laughs> Uh, it's easily my top game right now, and I think it will probably remain my top game. I think it is flawless. I don't think there's a single problem in that game. And I'll find it, a problem with it. You probably would. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sort of challenged that. Uh, but yeah, like I said, uh, the reason I think to bring that up is if you're somebody that loves deck building games and loves games like Magic the Gathering, this is a way to be able to do that without also being mean to your the other players. You're you're really focused on yourself. You're really trying to sell this to me, aren't you? Uh, it's the best way I can okay. really state what that game is. It's, it's it's a little bit of magic, but it's also deck building at the same time, and it's uh, pretty cool. Um, sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, So, uh, but that is episode number 46 for the Caffeine Crew cast of Pods. Next month, we will be back with something brand new. I have no idea what that's going to be, but I think we're going to tackle... Mythology in pop culture. So, and that does not mean comic books. That means we're going to focus on, like, Greek myths and Norse myths and all that jazz. And I think that is where we're going to go next. So, uh, until then, we'll see you in June. Bye. Bye. Bye!